Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is your boy, High Five Tom, and uh, this is a long-awaited podcast. Unfortunately, it's been delayed about three or four months, So, uh, but before I get into that, I just want to welcome my very good friend, uh, second-time guest here, Mr. Rod Domingo. Rob, how are you, my friend? What it is, everybody, High Fivers. What's up, Tom? What's how up? you doing? You know, well, now I get to see your smiling face, Rob. It's always a good time, so... Oh, uh, yeah, but, you know, I feel like you're always right in here as I'm pointing to my heart because we text <laughs> about on a daily basis. So That's you know. that's true. And we actually saw each other four times in person last year. Is it five times? Was it five? It was... CC Dubs. CC Dubs. The Ferb. Yeah. Um, Chicago. And then uh, the uh, the Rumble on 44th Rumble. Street. 
Yeah, yeah. I guess it's four. It felt like felt like five. Well, we hung out for like two, three. Well, I mean, we hung out for like two, three days each time too. So, so that that means it's like a hundred. Yeah. So I feel also. I mean, to be honest, I said, um, I know I thank you for this, but yeah, we had a fucking blast at the film festival. Yeah, man. You know, I, come back. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's gonna we're gonna make it this year, but uh, it's definitely uh, on the list. So you know, and the wife was happy. So okay, that's all that matters. Yeah. Although that Dreamhouse movie was not quite what we what were expecting. <laughs> that was talk about talk about action movies. Oof. Um, but before we dig in, and uh, you know, the main purpose of the, of the podcast is to go over one of our favorite films, uh, the 1992 John Woo action classic. And I use the word action loosely, like I did with <laughs> Die Hard. Uh, it was but, pretty action filled. Yeah, yeah. There was there was definitely yeah a lot of action here, but there's a lot more, and we'll get into it uh, in the movie. You know, plot wise and character development, it's not like this was a Arnold you know shoot 'em up movie. Uh, but before we do, Rob, you and your uh, brother, also one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Elaine, uh, just got back from Japan last month on quite an adventure. Yeah, dude. Um, so once the Japan borders opened up. We were like, let's book that ticket. Let's we, basically we just got the Wrestle Kingdom ticket first, so we were like obligated now to commit. That's how I usually do it. Mm. And and we haven't been back since 2020, and we went with like Muzz and Jack and Kyoko and all of them. So uh, we couldn't get uh, all of them to come back. They were obviously busy with life, but me and Elaine went and for two weeks and the first seven days we were there. We saw seven shows. And I think we had like one one day where we didn't have a show within those seven days. And we had like maybe two in one. Those are, dude, exhausting. It is <laughs> like, first, you, you want to kind of like plan your half day when you wake up and try to do some touristy stuff. And then you want to make it for the venue. Then, you know, you watch the shit. You exhaust all your energy into the, to the show, sitting in tiny ass Japanese seats, kind of, kind of not fucking trying to annoy your neighbor because we're big American people. <laughs> uh, at the same time, trying not to cheer because I don't know when we're supposed to cheer or to clap because they haven't really established that yet. Uh, but it was great. Um, and I was telling you before, that you know, Japan's having like a economic crisis. Everything the, the the yen is weak against the dollar. But for the two weeks I was there, I'm pretty sure I have strengthened their economy. I bought <laughs> I, I bought so much shit. I don't know how I was able to fix, fit into my two my two little suitcases. But um, I know you guys can't see it, but I'm just going to show Tom. I got some uh, Wrestle Kingdom nice. pro- programs. Got the Pro Wrestling Noah program with Muda versus Nakamura. And then we went to uh, Harajuku to Minoru Suzuki's store and got a whole bunch of stuff. We met him twice. Nice. Yeah. And um, Phil's cousin, Jamie, is like the biggest fan. So he was working overnight, which is like daytime for us. And I FaceTimed and I was like, Jamie, I'm in the store right now. Uh, what do you want? Oh, by the way, here's Suzuki. <laughs> and, they, <laughs> and they were FaceTiming each other. And Jamie was like, oh, my God, I wasn't ready for this. I'm like, all right, don't mark out. <laughs> Tell him what you want to buy, and we'll get it for you. 
So you got like three shirts um, and like uh, the towel, which I got as well. The towel he wears. Nice. All the- <laughs> yeah. So I wear this when I come out of the shower on my head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also got uh, this new the ringside collectibles, but he signed it too. And this also comes wow. in white. His gear also comes in white, which I haven't seen. It. Gear and his head is bleached. Yeah. So his hair is like blonde on there. So I got both versions. Soldier spent a lot. And I got this sweet hat. It says, I don't know what it says. Uh, I mean, it says his name and something. I don't know. Probably Kazu Ninade. But yeah, uh, I love Japan. Uh, I say that probably because. I have like a good contingent of friends there, so it was very hard to leave. And everybody asked me, like, why don't you just stay? <laughs> why don't you just move to Japan? And I always ask myself, yeah, I don't know, but you know. Have you thought about it? Thought about it a lot. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of details, a lot of ifs and buts. But like, you know, I'm I'm not strong-willed to make that jump yet. Uh, looking for the right moment, right opportunity, I guess. So it's always on the table, definitely. Um, but yeah, you got to make your way down there, one Wrestle Kingdom, or maybe like a G one at least. Yeah, it's it's definitely on the. We thought we were gonna go this year, but everything, yeah. So we just gotta like get. We just gotta basically with like our process. We just gotta get envelope started, and once the envelope started, that makes it official. So I I, I say is like what I say is just like get the ticket. When it comes out, probably in September, maybe maybe in the summer, Wrestle Kingdom, and then you'll have no excuse because it's probably not refundable. It's probably like 150 bucks for the ticket. No, that's not bad though. But yeah, I mean, yeah. honestly, um, now what was uh, what was the crowd like? So I mean, they're still obviously not at full strength, but could they be at full, could they be full capacity if everyone showed up, or was it limited seating still? At Corquin Hall for. DDT Pro, it was every other seat, which I was very confused about. Because other other shows at Corquin Hall was not every other seat. And we were jam-packed. And they were pretty much crowd clapping the whole time. But when I got to Yoko, no, when I got to the Budokan for Pro Wrestling Noah, people were cheering, especially when Muda came out and Nakamura. Oh my God. When Nakamura came out, dude, I marked out. <laughs> I was like, man, WWE's got something with this music and fucking Nakamura entrance. It's it's a sight, a sight to be seen. I haven't. I don't think I posted it yet, or maybe I did. But it's like one of those ones. Like, wow, you had to be there. Yeah. Um. And then uh, Tokyo Dome. Obviously, there was there was crowd cheering. Um. Not a lot, but I was probably the only mark that stood up when Kenny won. <laughs> but it was very very chill Jap- Japanese but like I think that's what they all were but when I went there three years ago there was a lot more cheering and we stood up more I guess uh, at the end but here was like okay cool clap 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 yay Kenny hmm. so I, I don't know I'm, I've, I've missed the memo on when I can cheer or cannot so they're they're getting it like you know Osprey is making a big deal with the, the crowd clapping I feel bad for him that he he stuck with the shit like I dude cannot imagine quarantining for fourteen days in a small ass hotel 
just to, you know, job out to whatever for for an empty crowd or a small crowd who just claps at you. Well, I like mean, they, yeah, that promo that Osprey cut, I mean, top notch. I mean, that's all I can say. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I, more respect for him. Uh, yeah. I never really liked the United Empire or whatever the Commonwealth Kingpin was, but, you know, the assassin. <laughs> the the you know, assassin. What do you, you know, Jeff, I liked him. You know, I'm a Jeff Cobb, Mark, though. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't, I mean, maybe I just don't like TJP. I don't really like him, even though he's Filipino. Do not like the guy. Mm. Personal like, reasons. Okay. I was going to say it personally. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, I, you know. So, and he's all over our other podcast. So, and then uh, watching him in the Cruiserweight Classic, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. It could right. be better. Um, but wrestling was not the only thing. I did see some pretty legendary Nintendo videos. Uh, yeah, so we went to Universal Studios Japan to go to the Super Nintendo World. I actually went two days, and Elaine went one, uh, and I went with my friends. And uh, it was pretty great. Like, it wasn't the the, the part of the... The section of the park wasn't as big, but it was like layered into two or three layers. So it was kind of, there were a lot of things to do. There were two rides, one cafe restaurant, and then like four or five, six mini games. And then they're like meet and greets. And then you got to buy this band, this power band to participate in the games. And that's how you get coins and stuff. Nice. And it's, all, it's all recorded through the app on your phone. But, you know, the band kind of is like the recorder for that. And everybody gets it's like thirty bucks, thirty five bucks to get the band, and you keep it. So if you ever go back, you don't have to buy it again. Oh no, sure, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just like for the completionist, like if you're like a completionist in video games, you probably won't be able to do it in like one day. All the all the uh, things that you have to collect. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I mean, listen, if I'm ever gonna get a. Um... Okay. Sorry, my mom just called me, so I'm trying to figure out what she wants. Okay. Um. Yeah. And uh, did you guys? Did you guys go to the Ghibli Museum or no? No, I've been there twice already, so I need okay. to go again. I was thinking about going to the park, but that's in um, Nagoya, which is like an hour away from Bullet Train. And from what I heard, you need like reservations. And it wasn't, it was okay. So maybe I'll give it like another couple of years before it gets either less busy and like there are more things to do. Uh, oh, and by the way, uh, Japan has changed, meaning if you want to go anywhere, if you go to a restaurant, if you want to go to an event, anywhere that 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 is like a venue, you need a reservation. You can't just walk in. And they don't, they don't really tell you that. And you don't really, they kind of don't hold your hand. So you have to like inquire. Like, I want to go to the Gundam factory in Yokohama. It's like an outdoor thing. Um, I asked my friend, like, do we need reservations? Like, oh, this is fucking good. <laughs> he's a local. And he's like, that's a good idea. Let me check. It's like, well, you can actually see the Gundam. You can go in there and take pictures. But you can't, like, go to the uh, the elevator where you can actually be on the shoulder of the Gundam. Like, oh, man, that would have been great. Um, but yeah, all these, all these things. I went to like the muscle girl gym bar and you had to get reservations for that. Like these fucking bodybuilder girls, like fucking mm-hmm. out masculine. <laughs> they, they pick you up or whatever. They, you know, that needed a, a reservation. Um, 
even in my, uh, Super Nintendo World, uh, we had to get tickets ahead of time. And then when you get there, you there's a timed entry, so you can only go to the park or to the section of Super Nintendo World at a certain time. Uh, and you have to do that in the app. They don't tell you, but just if you ever go, anything you want to do, look up there, if there's a reservation. And Google Translate is your friend. <laughs> no, no one, no one will judge you if you Google Translate signs because yeah. it's, it's actually gotten a lot better. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember I was in Korea, Lester. As long as things were, I mean, because um, I'm just using landmarks to get around and everything. I didn't. I was only there for two weeks. Um, you know, and I didn't take the subway or anything. I wasn't quite that brave, but yeah, getting around, I said to use landmarks and like, but at least luckily whenever I went to the store or anything, that was all like the numbers were like numbers. So it was good. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't too embarrassing. So, um, and logistically, so like I said, is everything like Budokan and Kirken Hall and Tokyo Dome all relatively close or are they like in different cities, states, territories? Budokan... Tokyo Dome is in the same city. Everything is accessible via the metro. Everything's like 20, 25 minute ride. Super easy to get around. The Yokohama Budokan is in Yokohama, which is about 45 minutes to get through by train. Okay. Uh, and that was the only show that was outside Tokyo this, this time I went. Um, but I've been to like other shows uh, near in Chiba, which is like, East of main part of Tokyo, and it's uh, I remember going to like a Tokyo Joshi Pro in a small ass venue. <laughs> they had they see they're probably like forty people. Uh, yeah, the like I I would travel pretty far for these, but I don't know I don't know why we do it, but it's just for the love of seeing like you know different different pr- cultures promotions, and it's 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 wild, dude. Um, and every time I go, like I'm gonna subscribe to DDT. I'm going to subscribe to Stardom, and I haven't done it yet, but yeah. I want to, though. And, you know, fucking Stardom's killing it right now, too. Jesus. Stardom's fucking great, and they hit hard. Like, yeah. fuck all the, you know, the hot chicks and, and dancing and stuff. Like, yeah, that's the core of Joshi. But when they get to it, they do not hold back. And I took my friend who lives there. He's an expat from Brooklyn and he wanted to go see Joshi and we took him to start him. And he was like, who man, like when they slap, they, it's like a Ric Flair slap. I don't know. I don't know if they're, they're bleeding inside their chest or something, but I wouldn't want to get slapped like that. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah. Julia is pretty much my favorite right now. So, yeah, I did. Julie and uh, Mina Shirakawa is my fave. And uh, another girl, uh, Natsuko. Okay. She's like a short, like crew cut, not crew cut, but like pixie hair, blonde girl. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, shout out to my good friends, uh, Mr. Brett from the Brain Buster Boys, and my good friend JCB from uh, Band from Ringside. They're doing a new podcast uh, called The Phoenix Splash, and it's basically all Japanese wrestling, uh, very Joshi and stardom heavy. Okay. Uh, yeah, those two. Yeah, yeah, those two have been telling me I need to catch up sooner than later. So let's do it together, man. Um, I'm I'm down for it. it. Right now, I think you know Kyrie's like the part timer, so I'm interested to see how that goes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and listen, I don't know. Actually, I didn't put it in the group, but I actually got to meet Takeshita last week. Takeshita? Yeah, but I didn't. Fu- I didn't fucking take the chop. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. Wait, 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 first of all, where did you meet him? He was at Warrior Wrestling. 
Oh, and then he says offering chops. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just like when uh, you got chopped by big luck, uh, bad luck, Fale, same thing. And like I, he was, I mean, it wasn't like they're like a line, but like one uh-huh. guy did it, and then I just spaced it. I don't know. I totally would have done it. I'm like, here's twenty bucks. I'll take a chop. I don't give a shit. Would you do it with the with a shirt? Or would you take a shirt off? Let's take my shirt off, man. Fuck that. Yeah. And I, I do. I said I when that happened to this day, you were standing right there. I still regret not taking a <laughs> chop from bad luck, Fale. Fale uh, said it hurts more with the shirt, so you have to take the shirt off next time. And I got I got oh. chopped by uh, in uh, when we were in Tokyo. Uh, I got chopped by uh, Gino Gambino. No shit. <laughs> yeah, he was with Fale, and I was like, his name was Adam. I was like, Adam, you got to chop. He's like, man, I, I I might get in trouble. I don't want to do it. And then like thirty minutes later, I was like, all right, let's let, let me chop you because we were drunk. <laughs> take my shirt off. Kyoko was there. I was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. And he slapped harder than Fale. <laughs> and I like went to the ground and, and he's like, dude, are you okay? Like, yeah, good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so it hurts more with a shirt on? That's what Fale said. Uh well, I, I can't remember. For me, because I guess the 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 shirt burn, maybe. Oh. And I don't know. Dude, like, if you have like heart problems or something, I do not recommend this because like something is going to get shifted inside. I did not feel normal after that yeah. for a couple of days. Yeah, you were hurting for certain because I mean, we went to Choppies after that, and you were still yeah. <laughs> so well, it's a um, it's a right of passage. If you see now, Fale is charging fifty bucks for it. A chop now, and people are like like it used to be twenty is like inflation. <laughs> <laughs> But no, yeah, Takeshita wrestled um, Zachary Wentz at Warrior, and also got to meet Vikingo too. So, oh, I saw Takeshita on January first for DDT. He yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I was thinking. I mean, DDT's fucking blowing up right now too, isn't? And isn't All Japan bring coming back too? Uh, like, I don't, like, someone said, yeah, that they're actually yeah, starting yeah, to step probably. up too. Yeah, I don't know. the only really big ones, as you know, is like just New Japan and uh, a little bit of DDT. Noah's just. All what all what I see from the crossover, but I don't know. Much. Yeah, I mean, you were in the building. I mean, what kind of fucking upside down wrestling world where Nakamura is under contract with WWF, E, whatever you want to call it, and that and Carl Anderson and Omega, you know, you know, it's uh, it is a great time to be a wrestling fan. It and um, I I hope Okada. Will produce this World Cup of Wrestling one day. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be dope. So, um, I thought that uh, well, AEW is coming back to Milwaukee in April, but I thought I heard they were coming in June. So I thought Forbidden Door was a done deal, but I have not heard anything yet. Are you guys coming back for Forbidden Door too? If it happens, uh, um, anything is possible. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll see how how good it is. You know, like everybody's. Everybody's leaving New Japan, so the only draw would be Okada Tanahashi, you know. And uh, Bushi is he's Gonzo, so I don't. But dude, what a good comeback! For, good for us. Good for yeah. us. We're gonna see him more. He's wrestling fucking Speedball. Is his first match back? Poor oh. Speedball. <laughs> oh my god! He's gonna I, die. I don't know if that dude can die. Um. I, I'm a speedball mark. I mean, speedball is probably my number two or three favorite wrestler going right now. Um, yeah, so I, that, that's going to be a fuck of a match for sure. So, is that March? Yeah, I think it's at the collective 
whatever that is part of that whole WrestleMania thing, Barber. So, got it. Um, good on any, GCW. What's that? Good on GCW. Yeah, I mean, I love Speedball. Actually, I met him last year too. So finally, so I'm a Mark Rob. You know that for sure. But oh, we're all Marks. Um, but. consumes everything it touches and the innocent live in fear two men dedicated to justice will follow different paths as one searches for revenge and the other for redemption fate will bring them together now for those who hide behind the shadow of corruption only one thing is certain a day of reckoning event for this recording rob is uh like we alluded to earlier the 1992 classic hard-boiled by john Woo. um like usually with these movie reviews i always kind of start off so when was the first time you saw and or heard of said movie uh i probably saw it in probably mid to late 90s uh and my parents were on the you know uh kung fu kick that's hilarious. Kung Fu. Kung Fu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When Jackie Chan came out with like Rumble in the Bronx and we like rented all like Hong Kong stuff. So I, I remember that was part of the mix. And uh and then I probably saw it as a retro thing through Nyaf, probably in mid two thousands, but I haven't Oh seen really? It. Yeah, I, I can't remember if it was that or just people wanted to get together and watch like my, my Nyaf friends who produced the, the festival like we'll just get together and watch it so maybe i did watch it but watching it again like you know 15 years 20 years later there are things that i did forget um and it was a joy to see it uh you know like oh wow like very surprising and like you know i understand you know how cinema has evolved but you know it stems from certain elements and this is these are one of the the pillars of that you know 
Thanks to John Woo. Um, <laughs> I was waiting for a long that was gonna yeah. take, so <laughs> I was gonna say it before. Um yeah, it was I mean it's yeah, it's for Jane Lesson. So well, this came out in 92, so I was 15. So actually I heard about this about two years later. Um, so my old boss when I used to work at this place called the Slinger Inn, I was a I was a shorter actually I started off as a dishwasher. Uh, but he's the one that kind of hit me to like a lot of music and stuff like that. And like, he'd always talk about hip hop. It's like, well, you know, all these hip hop beats are from like, you know, James Brown and George Clinton. So check that kind of shit out. Um, you know, he got dug deep into like the crates for Alice Cooper. Um, but he got me into like Reservoir Dogs, um, and shit like that. And he's like, yeah, there's this movie out in Hall. It's supposed to be the most violent movie ever. Um, and that's kind of how it's known, unfortunately. A lot like uh, Die Hard. Check out my review of Die Hard back in last May with my friend Graham. Um, you know, but so rewatching this movie, yes, there's a lot of action. Yes, there are a lot of people that are shot. But I mean, this was a lot deeper story overall. Um, oh, yeah, you know. for sure. It was very, very layered, definitely. And, uh, you know, John Woo definitely ran into that problem when he came into the States because uh, we talked about in pre-production. So this came out in 92, uh, but you know, the Chinese were about to take over Hong Kong in the next couple of years. So, uh, you know, the Hong Kong films, we're not sure what kind of changes they were going to make. Uh, so obviously John Woo's going to go to the States. And, um, you know, people were worried that he would just be viewed as an action director. <laughs> um, and don't get me wrong. I mean, this, this movie's fucking full of goddamn action. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, came out. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to Jerry. Uh, I still have not tracked that guy down. But, yeah, and he got me into all kinds of movies. Um, and I still have my heart, uh, my original VHS tape of this. So, oh, I still have a way to play it. But, you know, so I had to buy it on DVD from the Amazon. So, um, but have you seen, like, other, other the John, the earlier John? Um, so, you've seen The Killers? Or is it the killer or the killers? The, the killer. The, the killer. killer. Uh, that I have not. That or uh, Better Tomorrow. Um, that Like all the Italian fat ones. That I have not. I, I've seen probably clips of it. But um, mainly just the stuff he did in the 90s. Uh, like, you know, Face Off, Broken Arrow, <laughs> Hard Target, Mission Impossible 2, which was terrible. Yeah. Uh, didn't know he did Paycheck. Paycheck was not bad. I actually appreciated that. Broken Arrow, I feel, is probably a better movie than I remember. Uh, that was a little tough uh, because it was the pairing of, gosh, I can't remember her name because it's obviously got Christian Slater in it. But the girl that was in the movie when he was uh, was in uh, Pump Up Volume with, they were reunited. So that was the big thing. And I was kind of, oh, okay. um, but at the time, I didn't really know who John Woo was at the time. Um, mm. And Pump Up the Volume is one of my favorite movies. And that's also a future review here. On uh, showcases with High Five Tom one of these days. So, yeah. um, um, one I do know that was pretty recent. Uh, if you ever seen Red Cliff, um, I was just going to ask. Yeah, that's great. It's uh, the classic Three Kingdoms story. Yeah, and it is epic. Um, don't watch the abridged version on Netflix, which is the one movie tied yeah. into two. You got to watch both. Is like probably a four hour undertaking. So, whenever you can, definitely a good recommend for people who want to see th- something more modern in film, but you know, based of a it's a period piece. So, definitely good. Um, yeah, and so basically, in the commentary I watched was a was an Asian film critic, um, 
And listen, it was actually around right when Red Cliff was com- being filmed and coming out. Because originally, Charlie Young Fat was also supposed to be in that movie. Mm-hmm, really? Um, yeah. And then, well, for because obviously Tony Loon's in it, right? Because yeah. he was so at the time of the comic. Okay. And then he quit uh, for some reason, and then Charlie Young Fat quit, and then Tony came back and all this other stuff. But uh, yeah, oh, it was wow. just uh, yeah, because that was John Woo's first movie back in China after he left. Oh, what? That's oh, that makes sense. Why it was yeah. a big deal? Okay, cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was, and I'd never heard of the movie, so I'm glad you mentioned that because I was I was going to bring that up. And Red Cliff my... is great. If you, I mean, if you ever like played the games of like the Romance of the Three Kingdoms, like old RPG, or now like Dynasty Warriors, all based off of that lore. So if you're if you're a fan of that, definitely check it out. Is um, so the I mean, obviously that's. Um, Laura's Laura, but is there any good books on that? Uh, that you know, Rob, it's I have to do some digging. Only the biggest Chinese story, yeah, or ever. or history. So yeah, there's a lot of books, and I'm sure if we've you know take a deep dive, we can find something. There's also like TV dramas that were made from the Romance of Three Kingdoms. Yeah, maybe the wife and I will have to find the DVD at the library and uh, just post up for Sunday and. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to watch something, I don't like this bridge bullshit. So <laughs> I like I like watching everything. So. Um, but getting to the movie that came out uh, in Hong, I couldn't find an American release date. So I'm sure it was somewhat released here in the United States. Uh, but April 16th, 1992, I was still living in Delafield. I was in eighth grade. Do you remember April what you're 16? doing? Oh, yeah, it was my birthday. Oh, I was yeah. a wee lad of 11 years old. Wow. So, so you're only three years or four years younger than I am. I thought you were younger than I was. Just probably because your jovial demeanor. Yeah, but I mean, I got the the, the wisdom whiskers here. So <laughs> that's the uh, pie may beard. That's what. I <laughs> Shout out to Kill Bill. Um, mm. By the way, good segue. You know the the assassin in the tea house in the opening shot of uh, Hard Boiled. Yes, that guy is the, that guy is a Japanese guy, and he's in Kill Bill. That's uh, Jun Kinamura. Okay, famous, yeah. Famous actor. He's the one that Lucy Liu like, beheaded and held up his head. Oh, nice. Same dude. Um, and Lace, unfortunately, I don't know much, but I mean, this whole cast sounds like it was was pretty fucking heavy. Um, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, not just, uh, you know, Chow Young Fat and, uh, and Tony Loon as, uh, you know, the Paul Newman and Re- Robert Redford, but. Um, but like we talked about in pre- or actually we talked about it's actually on the podcast here, but yeah, Michelle Yo of also of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon fame and many, many other things, um, was originally supposed to be the female. Wow. Um, yeah, that is but, um and then when she took it, they kind of had to, I mean, because she's got obviously a very dominating uh, no offense to who they replaced her, Ter- Teresa Moe, but she's a little, I don't want to say dainty, but you know what I mean. She's not, as, I mean, Michelle Yeoh is fucking Michelle Yeoh. I mean. I, th- I think her, it would have been wasted on her if it, she did the same type of role. Definitely. Yeah, and that's what uh, that's what they all kind of came to. And originally, Alan's character was supposed to be a bad guy, and he was supposed to be po- um, poisoning babies with baby food. No. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, what? Yeah, and uh, he kind of went to John Woo's like, hey, you know, this might not do good for my career, and uh, <laughs> you know, poison babies. <laughs> so I, I think uh, I think they made the right choice with making him uh, the undercover cop. So 
Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, like uh, Anthony Wong plays the the main yeah. bad guy. He is he's a Hong awesome. Kong, yeah, very famous guy. He's actually recently been on a Amazon Prime TV show called White Dragon, and like he speaks perfect English there. So, but he's from the old regime of uh, Hong Kong films. We showed a bunch of that at the festival as well. Yeah, I mean, he he was awesome. Um, and uh, the sergeant, uh, Sergeant Paul, or superintendent, sorry, yeah, uh, yeah, by yeah. Phil Chan. So he was actually an undercover sergeant in real life before. Ah, uh, what? Yeah, for about fifteen years, and then they, he was doing, you know, like advisory roles and stuff like that. And then he just fit right into this, and and I guess he's watching been a bunch of shit too. Yeah, he's got he's got the look and and the build for it, you know. Uh, also, the the informant guy, Foxy. Yep. Uh, he is Wei Tung, which uh, he's from uh, Enter the Dragon. He yep. had that scene with uh, Bruce see, Lee. I know. I was, see, Rob, see, I knew you knew a bunch of stuff. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. like as a kid, he was the yeah, the kid who sparred with him in the beginning. Don't, don't think. Feel. Feel. Yeah, it was hilarious. In the commentary, the guy did the same thing. So, um, Next time you come over to my house, I mean, I've got a humongous Bruce Lee poster in my room. I read 10 pages of my favorite Bruce Lee book every day. Unless oh, um, maybe that should be the next movie we do. But yeah, Enter the Dragon was that was probably that was my first um, really quote unquote um, Asian slash Kung Fu slash action movie that I saw as hmm. a kid. Um, that's the, that's I, I, yeah, Enter the Dragon. And I've, you know, I've got the full, oh wait, I don't have my DVD player here. Yeah, I've got the full Bruce Lee DVD set. Um, so I've seen everything he's done, so I'm a mark. But yeah, when that 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 kind of that was just like okay, and now that you brought that up, you know, I'm like <laughs> energy. Um yeah, and then uh full circle. And then uh the main hit the main heavy for Johnny Wong, um Mad Dog. I don't think he really I guess it's just his nickname, but Phil uh Phil Quack, I think his name is how it's pronounced. I do apologize, sorry. Uh but yeah, I guess he's super famous. He did most of the action scenes. He was like the head stunt coordinator, and he was fucking awesome in this movie. He was unkillable, this guy. Yeah. Like, and and it's funny because, like, oh, when they said Mad Dog, it reminded me of this game I used to play in the arcade, Time Crisis. It's that shooter game. Yeah. You have to, like, duck and hide. And there's this one guy who comes back in every fucking game, but you kill him (laughs) at the end, and his name is Mad Dog. I'm like, that's where they got him from. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I would be remiss also if I didn't mention. So our famous director, Mr. John Wu, was the bartender. Oh, uh, that's okay. that that really played a very prevalent role in this movie. Um, you know, he was you know people worried because he's very self deprecating. He's going to cut himself out, but um, you know, as we'll get into in the review, those scenes with the bartender in the club really kind of humanized tequila in general. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, so that's what. Listen, I mean, this is not your typical. Blow him up, you know, Commando, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Don't get me wrong. I love Commando. Great fucking, I mean, great movie. Um, you know, I, I enjoy that. Me and my buddy Andy might review that, but we got to be drunk when we do it. Um, but yeah, this is like... Us, but... Oh, yeah. That, mm, yeah. <laughs> I am a kid of the 80s, so let's... Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, just just all over the place. I mean, so many great actors in this, and I'm, I'm really kind of glad I watched that commentary. I mean, everybody, and even the bit roles. I mean, even the guys that were just designed just to get shot. Um, you know, were famous. You know, kung fu stuntmen from everything. So mm, yeah, 
this movie's fucking brilliant. I'm really glad we did this. Just rewatching it. I, I, you know, it'd been a while since I'd seen it too. So, I mean, now I have a, a new way of sliding downstairs by just shooting people <laughs> as I'm sliding down. I don't walk down the stairs. I slide on the banister. Yeah. And, and I mean, how many movies have really taken that, that style too? So, um, you know, and the, I mean, this movie obviously influenced a lot. You know, going forward. So, I mean, basically, it's the whole the whole John Woo gun, I guess, gun kata style. You know, yeah, double double whatever, which is not really feasible. I've never really shot a gun, so I'm sure yeah. you need two hands to shoot one gun. But you know, unlimited ammo <laughs> makes a great movie. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, there's rumors. I don't have any documented facts on this, but yeah, I think there was a hundred thousand rounds supposedly used in this oh movie. God. Um, and just the logistics, because I mean, the Hong Kong inspectors had to, because they wanted to make sure these guns weren't going to go out on the streets and everything. Right, right. right. Um, just, just, just to get that part made uh, was awesome. And so I guess uh, in the killer, so obviously John um, Chow Young Fat is the bad guy, right? And, and that's more of an actual. Yeah, uh, I believe so. Yeah. So I guess uh, one of the reasons, kind of John Wu did this movie the way he did. Um, with you know the cops being, you know, not necessarily the bad guys, but actually they're 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 that kind of anti-hero, you know, you know. I know I hate to use the word trope because I sound like I'm fancy pants, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but I guess in Hong Kong, in a movie, if a criminal does a criminal act, a cop has to show up within 30 seconds in the movie. Um, just oh, because okay. yeah, they don't want criminals to be portrayed as you know good guys. Um, at yep. least, you know, back in the 80s. So um, that was really cool. I had no idea. So that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, like I said, this movie is called Hard Boiled. Uh, our our main character, Tequila, is a hard-boiled cop. Um, <laughs> but the, the actual name translated to English is a Spicy Hand Smart Detective. Obviously, it doesn't tr- translate quite well. well that's, but... that's what I order at the bar, Spicy Hand. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I guess spicy hands kind of like a, uh, a, a straight term that people use and I guess and everything. So, mm-hmm. uh, but hard, hard boil is a good pick. You know, of course, every time I Google those, it pulls up eggs. I'm like, no, I want the goddamn movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like I said, and we'll kind of go into like the influences, but obviously, you know, this, um, Steve McQueen, Clint Eastwood were huge, uh, influences, but you bring up the two gun thing. Um, so I guess John Woo did that because, listen, in the old, you know, samurai movies, those guys always had two swords. So kind of mm. keep aping with that cultural tradition. Um, he's like, fuck, I'm just going to give him two guns. Right on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's a good point. I can't imagine two. Sh- I mean, because they're not shooting little 22s either. Yeah, these are what, like Berettas or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> so but I love that scene in the tea house. But um, but yeah, let's actually start with uh, the movie, Rob. So the movie I love this beginning. Oh, another big influence um, on this was, I know this is going to sound kind of weird, but, you know, growing up as a kid, I'm like, I don't like fucking jazz. What am I going to like all this goddamn mellow shit? Um, <laughs> hey, but, man, he's playing the, was he playing the clarinet or something? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's playing it. It wasn't actually playing, which is which is hilarious. But oh, hey, fave. It uh, it really kind of gave me like, a, I'm like, oh, maybe jazz isn't so bad. So I've actually dug in. Um, I have never actually have found like any of the music for this, but it really kind of like I'm I mean I'm not a jazz nut, but I mean I do enjoy jazz now. I'm like I'm like yeah, if Tequila can enjoy um, jazz, but 
Uh, but it does start off with one of my favorite shots, a tequila popper. Uh, the tequila seltzer. Um, I love those. Those are really good, but I don't drink those anymore because I'm not allowed. I shouldn't take my pants off in public anymore. Um, but I can't talk. Yeah, with uh, you know, playing like Rob Robson, playing the clarinet in the Swayze Jazz Club, and it's super mellow. I mean, compared to how the rest of this movie is, I mean, it's it's that kind of jazz club. So, uh, but I guess yeah, that actual jazz or that place is actually somewhere John we used to hang out. Um, and uh, like I said, we'll get into it once we get into the movie too. But man, the movie uh, was—I mean, the, the score of this movie really set the pace. Definitely, it's uh, your 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 classic. 90s cop noir um synthesizing or whatever yeah and then it, it's pretty funny so they, and then they call they kind of cut uh, i know the music's still playing but then they get all these newspapers of all the police violence and, and the violence going on in hong kong so um that is kind of uh the, the contrast there's kind of something that goes on through the movie um then uh, we cut to we see two guys talking about a job and they're going to a tea house uh, with birds uh, in bird cages, um, which I guess was an old tradition. Um, so okay. that's not just like a random tea house that that people brought birds. Um, but obviously, with uh, the the avian flu hitting the country, uh, they kind of had to stop that. Obviously, oh, so <laughs> I want to bring it. Let's bring it back. I want to get a uh, bird in the bar. That would be kind of cool. Um, but it was pretty cool. So I guess this tea house is pretty legendary, but it was actually set to be demolished um, in five oh. days. So they just oh. ran in there. Ah, that's awesome. We'll uh, do it for you. Yeah. And they, they and, uh, John Woo's like, we basically, he just had free reign to blow everything fucking up. You know, so then they shot in there for five days. And I guess at the end, too, yeah, like the, the, demol- the demolition crew was like waiting on them. Oh, my gosh. Um, that, that's insane. Yeah. Um I like how they uh, they fore, foreshadow uh, his partner. It's like, yeah, I'm going to get married next week or something like that. And then they're going into it. I was like, no, you're not. I don't think Sorry, so. Sorry, guy. Yeah. Um, and his partner is also his drummer, you know, in okay. his band. You know, and obviously in the beginning, they are talking, um, you know, about the Chinese takeover, like we talked about earlier. Because when this movie came out, yeah, I mean, China was supposed to take over Hong Kong in about five years or so. And people were wondering, listen, if, if the whole caged bird thing was a symbolism, but I don't, you know, John Woo said no. That's uh, just how it was. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, uh, Tequila, and I think his name is Buddy, was his partner's name, I ben, think. Benny? Benny. Benny, Benny sorry. Benny, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're sitting there talking, and uh, two guys come in, and look, they, they look pretty heavy, Rob. So you definitely know some shit's about to go down. Yeah. It's not my kind of tea house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then he's using the mirror in the birdcage to kind of watch everybody, um, you know. And then uh, Benny comes up to the bad guy table with a teapot and uh, just knocks the birdcage off. I just love the originality of him and Ch- um, Tequila just beating people up with teapots. <laughs> um, you know, so it was a gun deal, but I'm like, how many guns are you really? I'm obviously in the guns we see later. I'm like, what kind of gun deal was it when there's like eight guns in these cages? I was like, ooh, yeah, dude. Uh, and I, I like how there's there's always like the one main bad guy, like you mentioned, the the Japanese actor Jun. Like, you can't kill him, and he's gonna be the guy that takes down your your partner. Um, but it was just funny <laughs> that when he did 
at him and like, okay, let him live so you can you can uh, question him. And Tequila's like, nope, nah. see ya. Yep. <laughs> Point blank, like, oh, it just yeah. got really dark. <laughs> yeah. And that was a crazy shot, too, because he's covered in powder, like in flour. Right, right. So it's like, I guess it shows the purity of, of being a cop, and then it just changes when he shoots him to red. Oh, yeah. the symbolism now that I see it now. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, the rest of that scene, he's walking around, he just looks like a ghost. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, um, but yeah, so basically after the teapot, Basically, I mean, all I can really say is all hell breaks loose. It doesn't get any slower than, than <laughs> the first scene. And it just accelerates on a high and it just um, never stops. Yeah. And uh, one thing about John Woo, so I guess this movie, uh, he actually shoots, uh, what's the word, sequentially. So, I mean, he shoots every scene like like the movie's going to show. Wow. Like, oh, that's interesting and probably so, very expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think John Woo really gives a fuck about money. I mean, I mean, you see, you know, and some he, he didn't even get all the explosions he wanted, but what? There was plenty. <laughs> yeah, so that that scene in the jazz club uh, oh. was the first scene shot, and then this is the second one. So that's really cool. I mean, I wish more people would do that. I mean, you can keep the continuity and everything, and it showed in the movie. Yeah, it showed. Um, yeah, definitely, and all the actors. You know, that's uh, an undertaking. But to do like the last, last, and last scene first. Kind of, kind of weird. Yeah, and it kind of keeps the actors, you know, brains and everything. But uh, and like Rob mentioned earlier, uh, you know, at one point Tequila slides down the, you know, the room. He's not really sliding. He's actually kind of like using the banister. Like when you rewatch, he's actually kind of like balancing himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two, gu- two guns a blazing. Um, yeah. So next time I go to your apartment, Rob, we're not taking the elevator. I expect you to be, you know, taking the. I'm gonna, right I'm gonna way. just slide down the banister. <laughs> Maybe we'll do that next time we go to a mall or something like that. So. <laughs> Um, but, uh, and then, uh, Benny gets, he takes one shot, you know, and then, uh, he was like, no, you wait here. But then Benny goes out and then he gets lit up. Um, and this is where, so who's the guy? So the guy from kill bill was, this is where he shows up obviously, but he, yeah, he was the main, uh, I guess, assassin in this, he was the, the gunman, I suppose. And he was the guy that, that, uh, Chow Young Fab blew his brains off. Right. Okay. Yeah. He, he got, he got, um, I guess uh, pinned to the ground and pretty pretty much surrendered. And Chayon Fat was like, "Fuck <laughs> you! You killed my friend." Yeah, um, yeah. Which leads into our next scene. Uh, our good friend, the supervisor, comes in and he is not happy. <laughs> he said something like, uh, "You're like a god if someone puts a gun in your hands." So fucking leave the leave, yeah. leave, leave the suspect alive. God damn it! Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I think the quote was like, I give a man, I give a man a gun. He thinks he's got, or Superman, if you give him two, I think he's just yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the supervisor, I really liked the, the difference between those two. I mean, really kind of watching how those two acted together. Mm. Um, you know, cause Hong, I mean, listen, you know, Tequila is like I said, the anti-hero and he's like anti-authority. He's like pulling his own stole cold. You can't tell me what to do. You son bitch. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like you talked about, so he was an actual policeman, actually ran undercover. Um, so yeah, that kind of sets up that scene. Next, we see uh, Benny's funeral, and it's a full-on cop funeral, which is which is weird. Listen, one thing I just like, okay, yeah, obviously you want to get the funeral, but weren't there a couple cops killed in this scene? I couldn't tell. Uh, I think it was 
I think it was just one, um, but the rest were probably shot but didn't die, I guess. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so and uh, according to the video, there's 39 people killed, so the killers killed 37 people already. So okay, okay, um, and uh, and then um, oh yeah, we find out that the kill killed an overco- uh, undercover cop in there, uh, so we don't see his funeral. But I guess that's something they do is uh, the boss burns the file uh, that uh, Teresa Teresa Mole came in, so that's um, Tequila's girlfriend. Well, X, they were not dating. Yeah. Uh, He's trying to get her back. So, oh, so sweet. Um, And then uh, we see Tequila in the jazz club. um, And he does kind of see, like, you know, Benny, you know, playing the drums, you know, the whole afterlife thing. And then uh, our good friend, Mr. John Woo, the bartender, gives him a nice little pep talk, you know. So, I mean, John Woo's just not a killer. He's like, hey, you didn't know this whole kit and caboodle. Um, And then, Rob... We get our introduction to our good friend Alan. Oh, Alan! Um, I know I watched it last week. I can't remember what, what was in, his introduction scene. Uh, so he's basically just driving around in his fancy okay. car with the top down and everything. So, um, so playing by Tony Leung. Um, there's you know there's there's two Tony Lungs in Hong Kong. He's uh, Tony Lung Shuai. Okay, if, if anybody wants to differentiate. Yeah, so he was uh now he okay, so yeah, so he was in Shang Chi. No shit. I thought I'd seen beyond me as so yeah, Redcliffe, Eternal Affairs, um, shit ton of movies. Um, but yeah, he's playing, you know, the cocky, arrogant, you know, he's the fancy hitman. Um, but he's heading to the library from Oh, then I remember. Okay, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yep, yeah. I, Heads to the library and he walks through the little turnstile, he's being super cautious. He uses the handkerchief to use the turnstile. Um, you know, and he's uh, looking through the books and he stops at a particular one, grabs a book, I guess it's Shakespeare. Um, that wasn't really just a meaning, it was just bug enough to, to serve his purposes, which we'll find out here in a second. Um, and they see someone and he basically wants to know why I uh, said person uh, betrayed Uncle Ho or how uh, Uncle Ho is our, our um, it's who Alan works for currently. Uh, he turns some pages and there's a gun inside and Alan just shoots him right then and there. Well, who is supplying these books, man? <laughs> They're for reading. Um, then he wipes the gun and walks off. Uh, you know, I don't know why I didn't take the book with him. You know, um, but yeah, just I mean, pretty vicious. And like I said, the the librarian lady did make or did notice him, and she does give like a report, but it's like he was like in a dream. Mm. I thought that was pretty funny. Probably didn't take the book because uh, didn't want to get caught. You know. If he did get caught, then he would have the evidence on him. Yeah. So, but um, too bad he didn't figure that uh, Tequila and his sleuthing skills would figure out, hey, there was a book because I see a puddle <laughs> in the shape of a book. I'm um, going to check out the Shakespeare section. Yeah. So, yeah, and of all spots, too. I mean, it's a huge library. Um, so basically, yeah, Alan shoots the guy, he falls forward, bleeds all over the table, um, bleeds all over the book. Um, you know, Alan doesn't think the pick said book up, but yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. But and then, uh, yeah, Tequila walks Alan's steps and somehow finds the book in all the books. Um, and then we go see Alan, he's on his big boat. So I guess Alan lives on a big boat. Hey, man, he just wants to be free, he wants to just live in Antarctica. <laughs> yeah, 
We'll, we'll get, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, all bullshit aside, I would also love to go to Antarctica because I'm a fucking dork. Um, would you like to live there? Uh, no, no. no that'd, be, <laughs> that, that'd, be, that'd be a little much. Um, for out, uh, for out, shout out to my friend uh, Liggett. His dad actually was stationed in Antarctica for like four or five years. God bless, dude. Um, he's like, I mean, we'll get to it, but he's like, yeah, I won't go to It's, you know, it's light there all the time. I'm like, really? Alan. It's only light there during the summer. You know, during the winter, it's dark for days on That's That's depressing. Um, when it's funny, so, I mean, this is a total sidetrack. I have to chuckle because this happens every year. So I used to live in Stanley, Idaho. It's usually the coldest place in, in the lower 48. And then you get these posts all the time. Oh, it's colder in Stanley, Idaho than Antarctica. I'm like, motherfuckers, it's summertime in Antarctica right now. So no oh. shit. It's, yeah. How warm does it get in Antarctica in summertime? Um, I don't think it gets too much above freezing. <laughs> um, I mean they're way the fuck down there, so yeah, I guess actually the, the furthest north I've been, in, I guess it's just Canada, so Alaska's on my list, but sorry, sidetrack, and we'll get to that later. So um country yeah. high, 37 degrees Fahrenheit. That's not it's a balmy 37, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, after, you know, 48 below, it seems going to seem pretty fucking warm. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And then next, uh, like I said, speaking of tequila being single, uh, he's hanging out with his cop friends, joking around, but he's looking for an apartment. You know, he's basically, how am I going to get laid living at the Y? You know, but I, you know, I'm a cop. I can't afford an apartment, you know, so. Uh, but his girlfriend, uh, Teresa, is getting some white flowers robbed. Dun, dun, dun. Man, who's sending these flowers to her? Um, Trying fat, staying cool. I'd be fucking pissed. Yeah. Um, and uh, But she's getting messages that are coded. And dude, Rob, I don't know if you knew this. I didn't know this until I watched the commentary. That song she's singing, it's a Lionel mm-hmm. Richie song. Did you know that? Oh, oh what was it? What was the song? Um, I can't. Oh, shit, I have to look it up. Um, I should be better prepared. I had no idea this entire time it was it was Lionel Richie. Please. Um, so basically, what they're doing is, I, I mean, I guess they're super um good with songs because they know which notes are which. And so I'm. Um. Oh, it's hello. It, yeah, oh, so it's like his biggest yeah. hit. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? Um, you know, but yeah, after all the times I've seen that movie, I just, I just realized that. So, you know, and then uh, after that, you know, obviously um, Tequila is all mad, so he kind of confronts her. She's like, "Well, I can't wait for you to grow up," and blah 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 blah. And uh, you know, she's more interested in the gnome baker and Tequila. So, um, and then she randomly gives back his underwear. <laughs> I don't need it. Uh, which, yeah, I, I, I keep, guess. Keeping it for this time. <laughs> um, yeah, but then uh, the supervisor, he's got the message decoded. And uh, you got to love the old analog computers. Uh, we, I, missed, I miss those days. You know, the, the black screen and the, the, the green, the green text. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there was one point in the movie where they're receiving, like, all this important information via fax. And all the computers are, like, this big. Um, the good old days. So I remember the first time I saw a flat screen computer, I'm like, how the fuck? <laughs> where's, the, where's the rest of it? How they fit everything in there? So how, it has it not 50 pounds. Yeah. 
Uh, but the message says, uh, line is near the trap. Stop the investigation. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. okay. Uh, but, and then supervisor calls in Tequila, asks about the gun case, and uh, Tequila's like, oh, I'm not getting very far. So, um, who's this mystery man sending roses and te- coded messages, Rob? So, we don't know. Let's get um, to next scene. <laughs> yep. Uh, we got a bunch of younger guys hanging out this big palatial hangout right there in the ocean. This is uh, Uncle Hal's place, you know, yep. and uh, and uh, all and Alan shows up, and uh, the boys are all happy to see him, and they're all kind of being super jovial. And uh, Uncle Hal's like, smart job on the library gig, so I guess uh, that guy was somebody Uncle Hal wanted out of here. Um, yeah, and thought that was a, yeah. yeah, and then the one guy's like, "Don't forget, you know, don't forget to, you know, who left the gun there." And Alan's like, <laughs> "Alan's like, yeah, dork, yeah, but, yeah, buddy. I'm pretty sure I won't blow your face off in a few days." <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, you know, Uncle Hal and uh, Alan they kind of talk, and you know, Uncle Hal's like, "You know, I'm an old timer, but the boys respect him." Uh, they kind of walk off, have a one on one. And uh, tells him to watch out for Foxy that shows up here. So, um, and Alan's like, "Well, why don't you, uh, you know, why don't you go to Hawaii and retire?" You know, but Uncle's like, "Nah, that's where I live. All that good stuff." Um, and then, uh, yeah, because also with with the uncertainty, I mean, with with China taking over, he's like, "Well, I'll just leave." But yeah, I can't. I can't imagine because we probably won't see that in our lifetime. Hopefully. Yeah, it's just like you know, uprooting your whole country and way of life. When what what can you do? Yeah. Um, and then the snazzy guy dressed up, uh, and Uncle Hollis says, "Watch this guy; he doesn't trust him." Uh, but yeah, like Rob so definitely mentioned earlier, uh, Foxy was originally the kid uh, in Enter the Dragon. Don't look, Rob. I didn't do that justice. Emotion. Um. But yeah, and then uh, this guy, who we later find out is Foxy, uh, tells Alan that Johnny wants to meet. But then we get a quick shot here of Uncle Hal, um, and he knows something's up. Hey, Rob. So, and listen, they, they do kind of mention, you know, one thing that was really good about this movie is, you know, all the scenes where you didn't need words. Like, that was just a shot from Uncle Hal that just kind of looked over. You know, he's like, yeah, why, you know, don't say it if you can express it. So, um and there's a couple scenes where Tony Long, Tony Long just fucking kills it, but we'll get to that. Um, and then we go, Rob. We got a bunch of gangsters, kind of gangsters and triad talking, um, and they're worried about getting their uh, arms down to South America. Yep, that's a, that's a fucking that, all from Hong Kong. I guess I guess we'll need someone like Alan to help out. Yeah, um, but Alan's tied with Uncle Ho. What do we do, yeah. Mister Anthony Wong? Yeah, so. And then a uh, snazzy guy, Foxy, walks in with Alan, and uh, he meets everyone and Johnny Wong. Uh, very colorfully dressed. I did love how every time you see Johnny Wong, he's got a different bright jacket on. You have to, man. You got to be. You got to be that guy if you're gonna um, run. If you're a gun runner, <laughs> yeah. Um, just awesome. And then this is the first time we see our boy Mad Dog um, wearing glasses in, indoors. Yeah, sunglasses. <laughs> And uh, he asked Johnny if he can uh, trust Alan, and uh, and uh, he's not sold on him yet. And Johnny's making a sales, you know, making a sales pitch to Alan, um, you know. And Johnny's like, "Well, I got the, you know, I got the whole world in my hands here, kid. So if you want to join me, you know, um, Let's take take out Uncle Ho." Yeah, and he's like, "One thing never goes out of style, kid: war." So, 
And he's like, I appreciate your loyalty. It's very admirable. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah. And Alan's not going to do anything. He'll be fine. Yeah, he's like, well, as long as Uncle Lo- Uncle Ho's alive and loyal to him, alive. So, um, yeah, Mad Dog's being mugging him the whole time. Uh, you know, doesn't say anything, but his body language says it all. Um, uh, oh yeah, and Johnny basically needs uh you know, because Alan killed Jimmy, and Jimmy was like his big guy. So, true. Yeah, so Jimmy, I guess, was probably the guy. Obviously, in the library. Oh, so, okay, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and I this is one of my favorite scenes. Uh, they all walk out of the restaurant, and, <laughs> and Johnny Wong's cars is covered with newspaper. Uh, with newspaper articles and everything. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, policemen dying in shootout, triad suspected illegal guns. Uh, everyone's pissed off. And then, uh, you know, Tequila makes his presence known, socking Johnny in the face. Uh, Puts a gun to his neck. Yeah. It's like, that's, a, that's typical cop protocol, just FYI. We're good. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, just show up and, you know, threaten to kill him. And then, uh, you killed my friend. And then, uh, Alan walks up, taps on the door, like, hey, friend, and just pistol whips him. Oh. Um, he just saved him, really, pretty much. Yeah, I was like, say, yeah. he pretty much saved his life. So, uh, Alan or, and uh, you know, Johnny wants to kill him, but Alan's like, you know, it's not a good place. So, um, and then we go from that violence to you know, tequila just sitting on the pier fishing. Yeah, you know? I, lo- I love it. You know, just uh, clear your head, fish cool. I like yeah. I like the imagery of him catching a small fish. And he throws it back to get a bigger one. It's just way down again, that bigger fish. Like, that's pretty, that's imagery right there, you know? Yeah. And uh, and then I uh, see Foxy shows up and he wants $100,000 for the information, but uh, the cops will only cough up 20. Um, I don't know how that translates to money today, but it's still a solid chunk of money. So, shit. <laughs> you know, and Foxy goes for a lot to get him this information, Rob. Well, Foxy needed probably 100000 to get out of town, but I guess 20 wasn't enough. Hopefully he'll be fine in the next couple scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> um, then they argue a little bit, but then in the end, he was like, um, you know, he got his mom into that nursing home she wanted, you know, so it's like, that's yeah, good. Cause my mom always said, stay away from cops. So true. Uh, but before he leaves though, he does tell, uh, tell tequila that they're going to take over um, Uncle Ho's gun stash tonight. Shit's about to get real, Rob. Uh, and then he says, "Yeah, money's money's in the bucket." Hopefully, hopefully, Uncle Ho and his cohorts will be fine. Yeah. And then uh, next, we got more white roses, Rob. Another another code. Yep. Teresa uh, Mo's big slut bong getting all these roses. No, I know, and listen, they show her um, her office too. I mean, she's got thousands of them, so they're all over the damn, place. So. Damn, man, she's super popular. Yeah, and then uh, I guess, ironically enough, I guess white in Hong Kong tradition actually means death. So that's why brides. Oh, wow. and, and, oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and brides don't wear white during weddings, so that makes sense. They wear uh, red usually. Uh, I don't. Yeah, they don't wear. They don't wear white. Okay. Yeah, my dad got a new phone. What the fuck? Oh shit, it's getting real. I always had that number forever. Yeah, the, the shortest place my dad's lived. He's had that area code for like ten years. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, I get distracted easily, Rob. That's quite alright, sir. 
Um, oh, he's had meetings with the boy who wants him to call the armory. Uh, they got some heavy duty work tonight. Uh, so yeah, get all the guns they can. Uh, and supervisor pulls up the code and says, "Don't ever bite your own tail again." Uh, yeah. Maybe is that a, is that a lyric from another Lionel Richie song? No, <laughs> I haven't looked that one up on Spotify. Um, yeah, and I don't. Yeah, the second song, I don't think anybody knew what it was. Um, yeah, and then uh, supervisor comes in, kicks the boys out, and gives uh, Tequila a new assignment. Uh, you know, tells him to lay off the gun running. Tequila ain't having it. <laughs> and at the end of the argument, I just love how Tequila is like, "You want to take a shit? Go to the bathroom." That's the end of the scene. <laughs> like, I don't know if maybe the translation didn't come the, through. The but, wisest advice. Um. Yeah, like I said, it's I do love that you know Tequila is you know he's the anti-authority. I mean, who yells at their boss like that in Hong Kong? You know, uh, just just uh, spicy hand, pretty much. Yeah. Um. And then we get Johnny. He's got another uh, another color suit. Uh, they're suiting him for the raid, and uh, <laughs> you know. And then we cut to Alan. He's having a very con- he's on his boat in the middle of the ocean, and he's uh, he's having a tough time, Rob. And if I were an undercover cop, I needed some type of uh, uh, fort- fortress of solitude that no one could find me, and that would probably be it. Making yeah. origami fucking cranes for every person I killed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what is it? Three hundred and seventy. Um, and goddamn, that was a big fucking boat too. Uh, I mean, yeah, you gotta gotta give and take in the undercover life, I suppose. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, and then we cut to the motorcycles going to the warehouse, uh, where Uncle Ha's crew is fitting up for a gun shipment. Um, I really kind of like this kind of scene. You know, it was kind of fun. So just kind of showing them, putting them all like with like lounge chairs and hiding them and all kinds of different stuff and all that kind of thing. So um, I thought that was pretty cool. But um, Rob, another here bit of genius from uh, John Wu. So obviously, you see the motorcycle guys, and they all got black helmets, so you can't see who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he just did that so he could recycle his stuntmen, which makes sense. That uh, makes sense. Yeah, because they probably can't, uh, you know, employ more. And that, oh, how long was this shot? You said ninety-two. Oh, this was shot in 123 days. Oh, that's pretty long. Uh, but uh, still kind of still kind of short, but it is long. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, that's uh, cool. I never knew that. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that just just makes sense. But I mean, and people said so if you watch uh, High Fires, when you watch this movie, keep in mind this shit's not CGI. Yeah. You know, these explosions are are real. This is how they used to do it. Even in like fucking eighties, eighteen, they use real ass explosions, like huge explosions. You know. Yeah. God bless. Oh, and the scene where the guy <laughs> uses his motorcycle to hit the other guy into the truck. <laughs> fucking classic. That's a, that's um, the best parking job I've ever seen. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then we uh we cut to Johnny and Alan and uh. You know, Alan figures out they're raiding Uncle Hal, and uh, Johnny's going to kill him tonight. And uh, Johnny can't force, you know, Alan to work for him, um, but he wants to know if they're partners. Uh, either they're partners or Alan kills Johnny tonight. And, uh, or, um, or so yeah, either uh, they're partners or Alan kills Johnny tonight. That's basically the deal. Uh, you know, I appreciate Uncle Hal wanting to spare his boys and Alan. Alan was uh, going to go through with that, but you know, as a as an undercover cop, you have to make the big choices. And 
to get the bigger fish, I suppose. Yeah. And it so, seems that undercover cops are a little different in Hong Kong than they are in the United States. So yeah, <laughs> pretty much card blanche to do anything <laughs> they want to get the job done. And um, uh, the next scene, he ends up turning on Uncle Hal and uh, yeah. his boys. Yeah. Sealing, um, sealing the trust. You know, and uh, not before uh, there's a humongous gunfight, you know, so they shoot all, you know, all, all the members and everything. Um, you know, not much to say. Just guns and blazing, Rob. Perfect. Um, and then uh, Mad Dog gives the signal to kill, every, you know, and uh, they have people surrender, but uh, Mad Dog's like, well, we'll just kill them. And then uh, Tequila shows up being snug, uh, you know, being sneaky. Um, uh, for <laughs> Mad Dog also needed a smoke, by the way. And instead of using a lighter, <laughs> he uses a burning oil drum, um, bending over to light his smoke. That's the way I would do it. <laughs> um, and this is as good time as any. Um, I had that in mind. Fucking awesome. I mean, between Mad Dog and Tequila and Alan. These are three cool ass motherfuckers. I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, obviously they're hard as nails, um, unkillable for the most part, but just oozing fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially Alan in this scene. Um, you know, and Johnny's uh, like, you know, Rob said earlier. You know, you know, the, um, they call Uncle Howe, and Uncle Howe comes in all guns a blazing. I mean, I don't know why they just drove in there, but you know. Common sense isn't so common anymore, but uh, Uncle Hall gets out and uh, Alan's, you know, he's like, I always figured someone sell me out to Johnny Wong, but I never figured it was you. And uh, he's like, you know, I've lived a good life, you know, but, uh, you know, once you kill me, I want you to kill me instead of that goat shit over there. Damn. <laughs> I was like, wow, goat shit. That's good. That's kind of random. Um, you know, so they kind of go back and forth and then uh, Alan uh, obliges and uh, shoots Uncle Hall in the stomach. Fucking tough, man. I mean, not even like a headshot. Yeah, he's and, gonna uh, literally die in pain. You know, and uh, Tony Loom's credit, and everyone's shooting this. I mean, he looked him in the eye the entire time. You know, and then he walks off, and he looks at Johnny, and uh, and then after he walks by Johnny, you can just see the pain look on his face. And then he grabs an Uzi and shoots everybody. That's the way to do it, man. Cut all the loose ends. You know, um, they're bad guys anyway. They're just literally. Just expediting the process. Yeah. So, um, you know, he did, he did kill those boys, um, you know, and then all of a sudden a smoke bomb comes in and then the one man army that is tequila comes in probably expending like 8,000 rounds of ammunition and a gun. He just shotgun. Um, yeah. And in a shotgun that blows up. (laughs) motorcycles everybody shoots blows up um it's, it's, things are a little different in asia i'm not sure if you know this uh just just a great fucking scene i mean yeah it's all action you know and john Wu's like well you know people kind of grilled him i'm like you know how did these guys have endless clips lollies like <laughs> why am so, i gonna you know why am i gonna get logic in the way of a good story for sure definitely you know I mean, so you know, you probably have, reloaded during during cuts. You know, yeah. You know, obviously we are we are smarky wrestle fans, but sometimes, like our boy Phil says, yeah, just have to dispend disbelief. Seriously, like what? I'm not I'm not here to study uh, an accurate historical piece. I just want to be mindlessly entertained. 
Yeah. If you can't um, do that, read a book. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'm not sure why Tequila had no backup because all of his boys are supposed to back him up. But uh, but he gets in a final showdown with Allen. Um, and then I points a gun at Allen's head, but he's out of bullets, Rob. You see? So. See, that's what I wondered. Because when he, when he saw the, I think when he saw the gun, he, there were bullets inside. Yeah, that's so I was right. confused. Okay, so I wasn't the only one. Um, yeah, no, no. So I thought was it was it a misfire, and then uh, Alan just like uncocks his gun and walks off. So Alan wins this round. So I mean, Tequila had him, but you know, yeah, yeah. Because later on, he's like, you know, he's talking to supervisor. Like, if I had bullets, I would have, you know, I would have killed another cop. So <laughs> another one. Um. And uh, there's a great scene about that later, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but yeah, and then uh, we get uh, Alan. He's having another introspective moment on the boat. Uh, on the boat, and then tequila. We cut to tequila. Tequila's pissed. He wants this guy's head on a fucking stake. Um, you know him and C. He wants these demanding answers from the supervisors. Like you know, he's like, I don't answer to you. You answer to me. Um, the whole kitten caboodle. Uh, he's like, if I would have had bullets, you know, I would have killed another cop. And she's like, well, like in the TOs. He's like, well, yeah, you know, that happens. And then uh, if I see he, him, he's a dead duck. <laughs> yeah, dead duck. I, lo- I I love it. Like I said, I mean, there's obviously probably a little bit of translation in there, but I don't give a shit. Um, nah. I fucking loved it. So, and he was like, well, who are the cops? And who are the thieves? And this is where the, <laughs> the supervisor gets all philosophical. Well, he's like, well, you know, I'm in charge. You're not. And, uh, you know, you better stop asking the question or better stop asking questions to answers or questions. You'll never get the answers. It's like, why do cops need search warrants? And the criminals never do. <laughs> why do cops have to run apart when they use a gun and the robbers can shoot who they want? And why are murderers innocent until proven guilty? But not the other way around. And the burden of proof of guilt is on us. Um, so they, get a little, <laughs> they get a little existential, you know, the, the dichotomy. That is exactly right, man. It's tough being a cop. Um, t- things are tough all over. Um, you know, he was like, I lost a good friend in, in the tea house and Benny. Um, and I'm going to get that human garbage, you know, that duck shit. And woo those that are, it says, I think the exact words were be tied those to the get in my way or something I'm like what the fuck kind of word is be tied? I've never even heard that word before. <laughs> um, and then he goes off to the jazz bar for another therapy session with John Wu. Um, you know, John, <laughs> that's the best, best way to get your minds off things is go to your bar who moons bartender who moonlights as a director. Why not? Yeah. I mean, you know, we've all yeah. done it. So, um, you know, and John Wu's basically, I think is like, he's listed in here as bartender, not even actually as a name. Hilarious. Um, you know, it's like sometimes you got to get the you know bend the rules to get the bad guys, and I guess the bartender was a former cop. I guess, hmm, that, um, yeah, probably. Yeah, and uh, the whole kit and caboodle. I said, I mean, what's bending too much, and you know, and all that. So, uh, and then Foxy comes in, um, but he's trapped down Allen, and he says a triad. Um, but yeah, but if the bartender says, yeah, if he's really an undercover cop, there's no need to kill each other. Why can't they just work together, Rob? Why can't they? I'm probably convinced they'll never work together in the rest of this movie. Nope. 
And then uh, I, I do have to chuckle. So this is also one of my favorites or one of my favorite lines. So uh, the supervisor meets with Alan and they're on top of like a hotel or something like that. <laughs> and Alan's like, you got a guy working for you named Vodka or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, tequila, real hard, hard nut to, to try, or real heavy duty cop. He's a hard boiled cop. Um, I, I just, I mean, I love that. That, that popped me super hard. So, um, you know, and then Alan's like, you got to stop him. Otherwise, he's going to die. He's going to mess everything up. He's like, do you want another funeral in the department? Uh, then Alan asks about his Swiss bank account and his house in Guam. Um, and he says, you know, well, you don't get all that stuff until the job's done. Uh, and then he gives Alan a lighter because it's Alan's birthday. And the supervisor's the only one that remembers Rob. I mean, the supervisor should be the only person in contact with this guy. Yeah. And then uh, he's like, well, I've been too busy gang. You know, I didn't even know it was my own birthday. I've been too busy playing gangster. I don't even know who the real me is anymore. So, um, so, but don't forget that letter, Rob. Just saying. Foreshadowing. I hear you. Um, Next, we got Alan uh, driving to, to, um, oh, driving his boat. This sweet ass red car. Yeah. And then uh, we see motorcycle and then uh, he gets in his boat. Here's footstep. And all of a sudden, Tequila fucking Superman's him. <laughs> Superman know. flies from the <laughs> stairs, not just like gliding down the stairs like last time. He fucking Superman, both arms forward, punches him. Um, yeah, sticks his gun in his face. Like, how do you like it? Uh, the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, they have a little scuffle, um, you know, but then they have a heart to heart, you know, and, you know, he was like, basically, why can't, or was like, oh, what are all these trains for? He's like, well, every time I kill somebody, yeah. he's got a lot of cranes. I like I like this whole scene where they're bonding with each other, and Tequila's like, "Do you think we'll ever be friends?" And I was like, "Well, you got the gun." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "I'll go, I'll go milk a cow if you ask me to." <laughs> um, these two are just, are just fucking money, um, you know. And it was it was a really good heart to heart. You know, and Takeo talks about, like, I hate in house funerals. I have to write the music for him. And the SDQ is like, so if uh, when you die, Alan, who's going to make your train? So that's not, I hope that's not foreshadowing. Yeah, I hope not, too. Um, and now I was kind of confused. So more triad guys show up at this point. Were they following Takeo or were these guys trying to kill Alan? Were these guys like Uncle Ho's, like, how's... Like the people that survived, or yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's that like you probably can't get away scot free, betraying your boss and not get any like blowback. Okay, um, that was a lot kind of but uh, Alan does take some buckshot in the back. That looked painful. Yeah. Um, he's shot a bunch in this movie. He's okay. Yeah, I'm sure. He's an undercover cop. It gives him uh, 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 street cred. Sir cred armor and you know he's they're missing all the vital organs so i i hope sometime he doesn't shoot himself and not kill himself by accident yeah i hope so too so um but in the end obviously you know alan tequila will make quick work uh shooting people this is a fun scene too like people get shot off the boat and like falling through the boat and everything um you know uh, I, I would love to be the stuntman and just like fall off into the water that'd be pretty cool yeah and then one guy almost gets away, uh, but the Kilo shoots him. And then, um, you know, and then he turns around and then he calls, uh, he calls Alan a traitor and everything. And then uh, they kill him. 
And then uh, randomly Johnny Wong shows up. So that's why I kind of wondered, like, the logistics of how they knew he was getting shot. But maybe they're just showing up. Probably, um, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, check, check on his new asset. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, before they show up, you know, Alan's like, you got to get out of here. He's like, well, how would I get a hold of you? He's like, I'll send you a crane. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a jumps in the water. Makes sense. Uh, and then Johnny takes, uh, takes Alan to the hospital. So we're back at the hospital. I have a feeling we're going to be at this hospital for a fucking while, Rob. Yeah, I feel like the hospital scene is half the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, it really actually is. Um, and I, guess <laughs> it, and I, I guess they shot the hospital scenes for like six weeks straight. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And let's see. Yeah, John Wu talks about like the horror stories. People are definitely not happy, so. Sunshine, want to come say hi to Rob later when you're done with your bikings? Rob Fisk going to come say hi. Hi, um, Sunshine. And then uh, Alan's admitted first. You know, Johnny comes in. He just, um, I just like how he pushes people out of the way. It's like, this is my guy. You know, fuck all these other people in the ER. Um, and this is where he tells him that Foxy sold him out. And Foxy's undercover. And Alan's upset. Um, but yeah, at this point, if Foxy could uh, tell him where Uncle House stash is and where they're going to raid it, he can let him know where Johnny's stash is also. Come on, Foxy. Do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, but Alan's going to take care of it. Uh, and then we cut the Foxy uh, getting the living shit kicked out of him. Um, Mad Dog going to bad. town. Um, you know, Alan, but he, Alan's all cured now, so he shows up. Uh, yeah, but he carefully slips the lighter into his, uh, Foxy's chest. Uh, that was like a gangster move, man. Just like, get a small-ass lighter and then shoot that same spot. Yeah. You're going to be a sharp fucking shooter. Yeah. I mean, that guy moves like a quarter of an inch in either direction. He's done. So, for real. Um, yeah. And I wonder if Foxy knew that that letter was in there or something like that. So, probably not. Um, that was awesome. That was really slick. And, you know, they weren't, they're were pretty obvious that he did it. Um, which I mean, is pretty it'd be funny. cool if it was like a flask and then yeah. a little bit more, but it's like a small lighter. Yeah. And it was, yeah. Um, Oh, no, it was a speech. I was going to say the same thing happened to um, Teddy Roosevelt, but no, and Teddy Roosevelt, who got shot in Milwaukee, actually, the guy shot his speech, so it didn't go all through, so he gave a speech um, with a bullet in his chest the entire time. But uh, um, Yeah, they continue beating him up, um, and then, uh, you know, Foxy stops. He's like, you know, you know, there's more snitches in this game than there are members. And then Alan's had enough, and Alan shoots him, uh, and Foxy goes in the water. So... Hope he's okay. Yeah. Um, well, it'll be okay for a little while. Uh, but yeah, then we got to come back to Tequila, back to Jazz Bar, uh, talking to John Wu again. Uh, you know, and John Wu tells him that he should protect his new friend at all costs. And uh, this when Foxy comes in super beat up. Uh, before he passes out, he tells uh, Tequila that Johnny's arsenal is at the Maple Hospital. And they all <laughs> head there. I mean, I don't know if it's just like lazy production, right? But it's just all too convenient. Yeah, but it's okay. It's okay. I like I like the whole the whole aspect. Um, and I get to see more of Teresa Mo. Yeah. Um. So and just, like so Rob says, they spend half the movie at the hospital. Um. He is correct. So they go to the hospital at one hour and three minutes into the movie. The movie I know it's one. I'm sorry. It's one hour and eight minutes. And the movie is two hours and seven minutes. So yes, it's almost <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. But well worth it. Um. Yeah, how do you pick a fucking hospital? 
Um, you know, I, I hope just there, there's no like, uh, you know, infants being born. I hope, I hope it's just like a hospital for elderly people on their way out and yeah. no new, no newborns. I hope, or, or it's like a, um, what do they call them? I go there all the goddamn time, the urgent care. So yeah, so, care. yeah. so no one's having surgery. Yeah. Um, no one's, you know, infirmed or anything. So okay. I hope uh, none of that happens in the next coming scenes. <laughs> um, but we see the hubbub around the, uh, the hospital and we see tequila consoling Foxy. Um, you know, Foxy's just like, you know, I just want everyone to know that I was the best. And like, feels like you're going to be fine. <laughs> Keep it together, Foxy. You'll be fine for the next couple of scenes. Yeah. But of course he wants a cigarette. And Rob, well, that is, cigarettes kills. Yeah. And especially when you're doing it with a straight fucking oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and Mark. Fox, and Foxy's like, fuck it. You know, I don't care. Let's turn the goddamn <laughs> Okay, <off>. Mark. <laughs> Um, I love this so. Um, and then uh, he explains, um, uh, you know, tells him that Johnny's stash of guns is in the basement. Um, so I wasn't sure. So basically, the, did the hospital know that all these guns were in the basement? I'm uh, sure, I'm sure some of the staff did, as you saw, there are some security guards who were on the take. Yeah, they had uh sealed off a whole fucking section of a more modern looking hospital downstairs than the upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Um but and then we cut to Alan and uh Rob, this is where I'm gonna get kinda kind of spacey and I did not notice this on my own. But uh Alan's walking in with a uh box full of roses. Um, white roses. White roses at you know, mean, per the usual. I'm sure Arnold may have done the same thing in Terminator 2. Well, you are a fucking genius, Rob. I was literally just going to say that same thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So well, this well, is, I think know. Terminator 2 came later. It was released later. Uh, actually, no, Terminator came out the year before. Really? Oh, okay. There you go. Um, but I mean, no, I mean, they totally stole this from John Woo, totally. Um, but Rob, so you've seen Terminator 2 by Arnold Schwarzenegger? Definitely. Do you, do you know uh, the main song, the title track? Yeah. Who's that dude, by? Dude, dude. The the main guy oh like the main the, like that no the the band that did like the the not like the score but like the the yeah a oh, very uh, famous band from the eighties that from Terminator dude I don't know Guns N' Roses which which uh which scene uh they did the uh, you could be mine where um what's what Edward Furlong's character um I can't remember his fucking name right now is being chased uh, on his motorcycle by uh um. The guy from uh, Nine Snails Stepbrothers. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, but I, I just thought it was kind of funny. So, um, Alan walks in with Guns and Roses, and Guns and Roses was also in Terminator 2. With... Oh, oh, my God. I get it. <laughs> yep. That's a stretch, but I don't give a shit. So. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, that makes sense. Um, um, but, yeah, listen, that was totally from the commentary, so show it to the commentary uh, guy that did that. So... I never would put that fucking together in a hundred years. So, um, but then we do see Mad Dog. Um, you know, he's asking around. He's like, "Yeah, one of my guys is guarding a prisoner. Which room are they in?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, he's guarding him." So let's just tell him what room is in right away. Why not? Yeah. But Al- Alan's this motherfucker. He's got eyes in the back of his goddamn head. Um, yeah, he goes to the room, uh, but he feels a couple people eyeballing him back there. 
Uh, so he kicks in the door and he shoots. Oh, I'm sorry. First, Alan gave a nurse a uh, crane to the nurse, and then the crane gave it to Tequila. I forgot to mention that part. Obviously, it's very huge. So Tequila no Alan's in the building. Um, so they moved they move Foxy out, but Alan kicks in the door, uh, shoots the pillows, um, and then he dives into the room, and the two guys come in after him, and him and Tequila light these two guys up. So, and then um, I guess both those guys were also famous uh, kung fu stuntmen trying to get some work. Typically. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, crafty that Alan guy is. So, and then, uh, Q and Alan, they argue where the arsenal is and, uh, you know, Alan's having a tough time, you know, every, you know, Alan's like, you know, this is really hard on me. I'm like, you're right. He's like, this is really hard on me. When I'm a triad, the cops try to kill me. When I'm a cop, everyone tries Everybody's to kill me. Everyone's trying to kill me. I'm scared, dude. <laughs> um, who, yeah. who, who's, who's watching Foxy right now? I hope he's going to be okay. I yeah I know, and then this doctor shows up to Foxy. He's got a patches in his eye. Wow, what's up with this doctor? I don't think he should be uh, working in the hospital right now with a patch. No, no, and then he's got a scalpel, and once again, it's Mad Dog with his fucking disguise power. By the way, <laughs> that the blood spray while the nurse was uh, feeding the old patient is. Horrendous. It's not funny, but it's just <laughs> it's stuff out of like nightmares. It's so grotesque. It's awesome. I mean, like, I mean, the chances. The uh, yeah. I mean, once again, let's not use logic. Um, but it, it's hilarious though. Um, which I don't understand. The next <laughs> these cops are cleaning just random blood. Like no one, no one. They didn't say, "Why are you cleaning all this blood?" Says the nurse is like, "Nah, uh, oh do your my job." God. Yeah, it's like, yeah. And real quick, so Tequila says, "Please will never thank Alan." And then they go out, you know, to find Foxy, and they see the blood. But yeah, the cops are, or the, yeah, the cops are security guards are mopping the floor. You know, there's blood everywhere. You know, there's a goddamn blood trail. There's there's no cells in. Um, and then there's like nothing to see here. And they're like, oh, okay. It's just, you know, it's funny. Like we talked about earlier, listen, you know, every time there's a criminal act, the cops have to show up. So that's probably why they have the cops, you know, they're cleaning up all this blood. Yeah. Um, oh my. And, you know, Foxy's been thrown in the goddamn dumpster. Uh, you have blood everywhere. Oh, it was, you know, I don't mean to be cynical, but it was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you found it as funny as I did, so. <laughs> you know, and then they follow Mad Dog downstairs, uh, and then they see the guns being loaded into the ambulance. Dun, dun, dun. Like, the, this whole this whole basement uh, fucking facility looks very different from the hospital. I want to know, I want to know who built this hospital. And made, by yeah. the way, let's have a secret-ass bunker downstairs. What are we going to do with it? I don't know, let's keep it empty for now. Yeah, just not, nothing to see here, so. I mean, obviously, people aren't too worried about it. There's blood sprayed all over a goddamn window. It's like, oh, that's just <laughs> It's okay. Another... We got we got security guards who moonlight as custodians. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's a bullshit. Oh, God, that was hilarious. So if if high fivers, if you watch one scene, just watch that. It's fucking hilarious. So um yeah, and then uh what are later deemed uh the terrible twins, uh they follow Mad Dog downstairs. Oh, I said that. And then um we shoot back up and Teresa's getting to cue of the plans, and uh she's found the steel reinforcements in the basement. Whoa. Before they, before that, she found some babies, which 
kind of adds to a thicker plot device. But I hope those babies will be fine. Yeah. They, as they show their little peepees, like didn't didn't need to see this, but it's cute. Whatever. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, there's a scene where Alan, Tequila, and Teresa are like all in the same room and everything, and she's like, "Oh, um, you know, Alan's the one that sent you all the flowers." Like, oh, you've got good taste. Tequila's not happy. <laughs> um, he you know says, and then he tells Teresa, "We're gonna go find the guns, and uh, when I send you a right nose uh, or a white rose, um, evacuate the hospital. That'll be the signal." Rob, how's he gonna get her a rose? That's what I, I forgot. Like he already did it, right? Or something yeah. like that, and she just yeah, realized so he, it later. Yeah. So he, um, so basically, what Atkew did is he slipped a rose into her po- uh, her breast pocket. Um, her breast pocket, nice. Uh, like a, like a pickpocket. And then uh, at that point, uh, Q and uh, Alan, they figure out the guns are in the morgue. Uh, and they go down to investigate. Um, they sneak in, and of course, they shoot everybody. Um, these guys shoot a lot of fucking people. I mean, I hope so. Even- I, I like how Alan was uh, underneath the covers, and they he was on a gurney. And he <laughs> throws the gurney, and he just like pops out. The guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he made some comment like so Tequila's like, oh, I got him. And Alan's like, well, you could see. Um, yeah, just great. Yeah, because oh, yeah, yeah, Tequila wheels him in um, under under the cover. So and there's just dead bodies everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, they're going to search for the passage, and then Teresa's in the waiting room. Um, and then uh, she's faking an injury, and the supervisor comes in, calm, uh, you know, calms her down, wondering where the terrible twins are. Um, and then she lays into the supervisors like you're always on Alan's side. You know, Tequila's down there too, um, <laughs> being being the loyal girlfriend. So, and then uh, he asked, he's like, "When I receive some white roses, it'll be time to evacuate." Hmm. Um, so then they uh, they're having a tough time finding the patches, and then they check the log book. Oh, so and they're they're in the morgue. Yeah, they're in the morgue now. Um, for a friend of reference, and uh, there's some empty entries. Hmm, what could be there? And I wonder how you open open these more doors that you can't really do it. And they take off the little name tags and there are two buttons. Yeah. <laughs> just press the buttons and opens a huge door. Who yeah. designed this place? Yeah, how can security got in this goddamn place? So um and then they go in and then uh Alan shuts the door behind him. Why would you do that? <laughs> I mean, you know, like the old adage of uh, when uh, the Vikings used to burn their ships when they're taking over. So, I mean, you gotta, you gotta win, you know. So, uh, and also, uh, our we have a uh, the cavalry has come in disguise of another doctor and other patients as the police chief is talking to Teresa Mo right now in the waiting room. Yep, getting get an update. That's pretty cool. Um. Yeah, so basically the supervisor now has switched roles and now he's undercover. Whoa. Which he's will the, Yeah, which the shit. Will which come into play in a little bit later. So um yeah, then they argue. Uh Tequila calls Alan selfish. Um, but then they get to work. Um these two are always arguing. They're like two big brothers. Um uh, Tequila, so this is cool looking, but I, I didn't get the point. Basically, Tequila will prize open a pipe with his handcuffs. So I'm glad he still has handcuffs on him. Uh, he loads it up with gunpowder. Uh, then he sticks another bullet in it, and then he blows it away. Uh, but the door doesn't open. That's how I open. That's how I open doors usually. Um, yeah. So they're like, "Shit, uh, that didn't work." 
<laughs> and then Alan, giving no fucks, uh, grabs, <laughs> grabs two ass fucking wires, sticks them together, um, and <laughs> electrocutes himself. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh. What other office do you have? You legit locked yourself in. Yeah. You put yourself in there. You got to get yourself out. Um, at least the door open. You know, <laughs> and then uh, and the tequila's having a flashback when his best friend Benny was shot, and now his other best friends electrocuted himself. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and then tequila, tequila's credit, though, he doesn't go for the door. He does actually go to revive Alan. With some piss poor CPR, by the way, not uh, to be that guy. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Phil, Phil. Yeah, if Phil saw that, he'd be fucking freaking out right now. Um, but uh, he does revive Alan uh, just in time for Mad Dog to start taking shots at him. And another, but uh, listen, I know we're supposed to suspend disbelief, but man, man, Mad Dog's got a bad shot. I mean, he had him fucking lined up right there. He has an eye patch. <laughs> yeah. And that weird, that one weird shot rifle thing he had. Um, I don't know much about guns either, but um, Mad Dog's your boy. So, um, oh yeah. And then uh, they start fighting him. And then, uh, and then after all this, Rob, Teresa finds the rose. Wow. Fair. I mean, what was that? Just like a mental time bomb, like not even checking your pockets. By the time she's smart enough to figure out someone planted a rose in my shit, and now it's time to evacuate, to evacuate the hospital. Eh, you know, whatever. Just in time for them to get into the gun stash, so. Uh, but then we cut to uh, Alan and Tequila fighting Mad Dog, and dude, Mad Dog's putting a whooping on these two. Bro, he's like the, the what do you call it, the Count Dooku, and they're like the Jedi right now. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a very accurate description. <laughs> uh, you know, but I, what I don't get is they're fighting in a room full of guns, but no one grabs a gun. Um, so I, <laughs> that makes sense. Maybe they're maybe they're, on, they're too busy too busy fighting, um, or maybe it's a bad place. But uh, yeah. at the next scene, they're arguing with the real doctor. We got to get these people out. It's like people are having people are having surgery right now. People are going to die. And yeah. she's like, "Fuck it, yeah." Pull the alarm. Takes off her shoe. Hey. Pulls the alarm. So good on Teresa. Girl, um, a girl, a, a woman holding a shoe is nothing to be trifled with. No. I know that. Um, yeah, and then uh, they pull the alarm so that everyone's. And then she's like, "Oh, doctor, I think by law, if the fire alarm's going off, everyone has to evacuate." Um, I, I love Teresa. Got cooler and cooler. And not quite as cool as Tequila and Alan, but pretty goddamn close. It's pretty cool for like you know not having super action scenes there. Yeah, uh, but she does have one that fucking popped me on later. But uh, and then uh, our boy Mad Dog, uh, this motherfucker grabs a machine gun the size of my fucking head. Goddamn! Um, they start shooting, and then Johnny's uh, Johnny Wong's all pissed off, um, and he says, "Yeah," and he starts unleashing the poison gas and. Per- Preparation to blow up the building, Rob. Design these ventilation systems that will allow poison gas. But what, what is happening? You know, well, that's what happens when John Wu builds builds your hospital. So oh, don't forget to add AC Freon and poison. Um, and in case uh, chaos ensues as all patients are leaving, 
Uh, you know, the doctor's trying to stop him, telling him everyone's a false, uh, false alarm. Uh, but supervisor's not having it. And uh, and if uh, the doctor doesn't comply, <laughs> supervisor's going to castrate him. <laughs> He's not going to punch him. He's not going to arrest him. He's going to castrate him. <laughs> I'm going to sue you for obstruction of yeah. power. <laughs> I'll castrate you. The supervisor giving no fucks. But Will, the aforementioned babies, no one's helping. Who's taking these babies? I no mean, <sighs> isn't there a whole a whole staff of people who are responsible for all these babies? And <laughs> why there's so many babies? So many babies. Um, Always not a bad plot device. Yeah, and there's supposed to be 300 people in this hospital, and there's 200 babies. So, man, they are uh, people are going to town. So, uh, but. <laughs> You know, Teresa starts the, the surgery. The guy opens up the door, and the operator room. They just like look. I'm like, yeah, we're not moving uh, anywhere. Yeah, it's like, uh, whatever happened to those people? Uh, I, I guess it's part of the 350 kill count. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because that guy. I mean, what, at least the person was having surgery wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> they just took it took a fucking appendix out when the lights went out or something. <laughs> Yeah, and then some guy randomly was that guy a cop shot the other guy or yeah it was, um it's just, like I said it's just chaos uh, and it's it awesome. is kit and uh, people running outside the hospital and they're getting they're getting shot I'm like what what kind of hospital is this why would you shoot people yeah yeah and then uh J- yeah Johnny sees everyone leaving and he says fuck it lock all the goddamn doors um yeah and then uh, Mad Dog and Johnny's crony start shooting people and. uh Cops, patients, um, everyone's getting shot. Oh, yeah, by the way, the cops have finally showed up. So they evacuated, and supervisors oh. called the cops. So everyone's everyone's there. Cops, are, well, technically the cops are already there, the undercover, the uh, the unit that we're following. Okay, yeah. And then, uh, um, and then, uh, so this is kind of weird. So Johnny finds Alan on the camera, so he could talk to him on the camera? Uh, I guess, so. Yeah. And they talk shit to each other, and basically, you know, he's like, you betrayed me. He's like, well, don't worry. That betrayal's going to improve. I'm going to kill you later. <laughs> um, That's great. You know, and then Johnny's like, well, you know what, Alan? I've got more hostages than you've ever had hot meals. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Tequila's like, I'm done. I've heard enough. And shoots a goddamn camera, so. <laughs> Boring uh, conversation anyway. Yeah, I'm done. I'm bored. Um you know, and then uh, Alan Tequila, they're they're kind of trapped, uh, so they start talking about life, you know, and their dreams. You know, Alan's like, I just wanted to be a regular cop, but the only way to be a cop, I had to be undercover. When I'm done with this, I'm moving to Antarctica. That's what being regular cop means. Yeah, um, I've seen I've seen enough darkness. <laughs> yeah, it's light there all the time. And I'm like, Alan, <laughs> find a summer home. I mean, what in Antarctica? <laughs> what the fuck. You know, in December when it's summer, cool, but uh, yeah. And then <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, I want to be a musician, but I had to be a cop instead." Um, <laughs> be a musician is two di- two different things. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Tequila is a very diverse character here, Rob. Yeah, so true, and you know, the best way to uh, attack people who are holding up a hospital is jump out of the morgue trays, sliding on them on the ground and shooting your gun both times. Uh, um, so how did they, so I couldn't tell. So they, they put some explosive on or 
they threw a grenade at the doors. I don't know how they got out, but yeah. All of a sudden, they're popping out of the morgue screen, or they figure out they're in the morgue. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they both come sliding, and then they they roll off the thing and start shooting people. Oh, yeah. People. Uh, let's give a shout-out to uh, our boy Mad Dog for having a little morale, saying we shouldn't be killing these innocent people. We just kill cops, right? Yeah. Good on him. Good on him, dude. I hope he lives throughout the movie. Yeah. Um uh oh yeah this this is one of my favorite scenes um yeah so they start shooting everybody um shitloads of patients uh terrible twins make their way um uh stop by one back where did that where'd you get the, the name terrible twins is that is that part of the the it lore here uh supervisor yeah the supervisor called them the terrible twins earlier really what do you call them to trace is like so is there an update um uh, when he was commenting on it, it's like yeah is there an update on the terrible twins <laughs> that's so good um, I'm gonna wait for the fucking fucking sequel thirty years later, Terrible Twins. Um I would like to know where some of these kids ended up, to be honest with you. How are they in the class of hard boiled? Where are they? They're yeah, thirty um, years old right now. Um I, traumatized. I, that's actually I mean, I really would, would love to hear that story. Um <laughs> but yeah, a cop stops them. Um and then there's a scuffle, we hear a shot, and then Teresa and uh supervisor are like, no. And then uh, Tequila comes in by gunpoint. Now, I love this scene, Rob. So, Teresa and uh, supervisors, a couple other cops, uh, Tequila is being held hostage. And then uh, the cop looks up and it's Alan. But I just love how they, like Alan looks at the supervisor, gives him a nod. Uh, tequila looks at Teresa, gives her the nod, looks at the other cops. And then he kicks Tequila. And then everyone just pushes all the patients down and they shoot everybody. Uh, they, they, um, they, they practice that in undercover slash regular cover cop, cop, yeah. cop academy. Um, um, I love it. Yeah. All hell breaks loose. Uh, but obviously Trace is more about the goddamn babies to kill helps him with that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, to kill like you own. Um, oh yeah. And they're talking about life. He's like, yeah, he was like, wow, that's a lot of babies. Is there how many babies you wanted? She's like, well, yeah, maybe I'm like, Wow, wow, Trace, you weren't you weren't fucking around. Damn. You know, and then uh I one of my favorites, the giant shows up and his crew and they're uh they're talking to Mad Dog and uh and Mad Dog, like you said, he's like, Yeah, let them win, just let the patients go. Seriously, dude. Like what what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, Johnny, that you have yeah. to do this? And Johnny's like, Are you scared? And Mad Dog's like, I'm not scared. I live by the fucking die. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the SWAT team shows up. And uh, and basically, the SWAT team is being used to move all these useless babies. I mean, all these babies. Um, you know, and then uh, they start showing. Oh, yeah. oh, no, just say, say what you feel, and Say these useless babies. These babies are useless. I mean, there's a hostage crisis going on, and all the fancy SWAT team people are being, <laughs> make, you know. Make sure to put cotton in their ears so they'll be okay. Because oh. we, we have enough time to put cotton in their ears. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, repel them down. And uh, I love, yeah, the SWAT team shows up. He was like, I'm a special detective. Take care of these babies. And he's like, I'm out. Fuck these babies. Yeah, fuck them uh, kids. Um, lots of more shooting. Um, babies being taken out of windows. Everything just chaos. Like, yeah, like um, they're shooting the cops, repelling down the hospital, and then they're you know they're just picking up the babies, and uh, it's just yeah. it's just chaos. Um, yeah, and then uh, the twins come out. Uh, the terrible twins. They team up and they're shooting everybody. This guy comes out of the elevator. 
and Alan and Alan lights him up right off the spot, but he thinks it's a cop. Tequila's like, no, it's not a cop. That, you know, it Alan, was definitely a cop, dude. What are you? What are you lying to Alan? It's like one of the guys who who's helping you. You're you're your war, own worst enemy. Um, and they're pausing, and so so they go in. So basically, yeah, it wasn't a cop. And then they're uh, they go into the elevator. They're reloading. Um, so another thing about Jamu is he did all these in one take. He's like, you motherfuckers got right. This right. The one uh, shot. The one shot was great. And the, this time in the elevator. So while they're talking in the elevator, the people have to re- the elevator is not moving, so they have to reset the scene while they're talking. So they oh, have like thirty my. seconds. So it was the same oh. elevator didn't move and they just reopened to a new. Yeah, oh, I thought that was God. dope. What? Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, but the one sh- the one shot was amazing. Yeah. Um, there's also one, this other this other shot with the SWAT team killing a hospital staff member, but letting another guy in a blazer go. Like, how do you know who's who? Like, I don't know. Just just uh, yeah. being a smart being a smart. And there's people being shot through windows. There's broken glass everywhere. I mean, the diehard moments are all over the place. In this this is game. the worst hospital. I am never taking anybody there. Yeah. If you see Maple Hospital, just, just keep on driving. <laughs> uh, I don't care if it's next one 60 miles down the road. Um, and then they're going down the hallway, and I love this scene, too. And then, uh, you know, and then, um, and then Alan's like, after all that, Alan's calmed down. He's like, was he really a cop? And he was like, yeah, he was a cop. Fuck. <laughs> and then uh he's like, you know what? I shot a cop in the tea house once. Like, you know, I feel you know, and I feel worse. He's like, how do you feel? Worse than you do now. Um, oh shit. These two, like Alan just switched off from like having a fucking meltdown and he's like, Oh, well, I just shot a cop. My bad. But what can I do? This is the job. Yeah, and then Mad Dog shows up. Huge fucking guns, grenades, the whole kit and caboodle. Um you know, there's still a shootout outside with the cops. Um, I don't know why there's so many, like, innocent bystanders hanging around. Obviously, the parents are waiting, but there's just shots being shot everywhere. Um, you know, Teresa's still helping with the baby. SWAT's still helping. Uh, and then gun uh, – see, I love this part. So, um, gun plays ensues by the babies. Uh, one of the SWAT guys gets shot. Uh, Teresa grabs the gun. Uh, the bad guy comes in, um, and she points a gun at her. He slaps her, calls her a bitch. And she lights him up like 14 times. <laughs> um, awesome. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it was she got her she got her action in. So and then uh the, finally the twins make their way uh, back to maternity. Uh Teresa's about to leave. But Rob, there's one baby left. Well, dude, this kid <laughs> does he have fucking cotton balls in his ear? Yeah, you know, and he was like, Well, I'll get it. You know, I got nothing else going on. Gosh, um, oh, th- this is the golden baby. I wonder where this kid is. Yeah. So Shit. it's actually yeah, yeah. The, ba- the baby on, <laughs> on your screen that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> you take a, take a screenshot of it later. Yeah. Um, well done, by the way. Um, uh, I forgot where my, I was so enthralled. I forgot where my notes are. Oh, yeah. Johnny's going to bolt the, uh, the building, but Alan and Tequila are still in there. Um, and then Tequila grabs the baby. He's just randomly singing to it. Um, you know, the baby's actually rather calm. You know, all things considered. Yeah, you uh, really can't see and you can't hear anything. So yeah, and he's singing nursery rhymes. But dude, how cool is tequila? He starts shooting people. He, he, he shoots like eight people with a baby in his arms. That's the only way to do this job. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, and Tequila did take one on the side, it looked like, but he's okay. Um, you know, more on that. But then one of my favorite scenes, uh, Alan and Mad Dog are still battling. Uh, but then we they both pause. And then there's like this random shot. And you can see that they're actually, there's a bunch of people in between them. But you don't see it. Yeah, so you don't see it at first. So like at first you just see them pausing, but you don't know why they're pausing. And then they're both (laughs) like, um, I thought that was awesome. I really, you know, maybe I'm being a fucking smarky dork. Um, Oh, that's great. You know, and then Alan and uh, Mad Dog both uh, just kind of shoo them off. Why don't you go? Um, And then they're both start, you know, or they actually put their guns, they're pointing at the ground, they shoot them off. And then uh, Johnny Wong, and they're walking away, and then Johnny Wong shows up. And he ain't having it, Rob. Uh, you know, if people can't follow orders, you got to clean up your house. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm having a brain fart here, sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, so basically, Alan and Mad Dog at this point kind of have a truth. Uh, and then Johnny shows up, slaughters everyone. Uh, but Mad Dog ain't having it. He is pissed. Um, and he goes to sh- so he, uh, Johnny has a gun. So Mad Dog shoots the gun out of his hand. Um, but didn't he shoot Johnny once? I don't think he and, shot Johnny. He just shot the gun, and then okay. Johnny shot him back. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, unfortunately, this is where Mad Dog meets his end as uh, Johnny Wong blows him away with a big ass fucking rocket launcher. Yeah. Like. Fuck it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then uh, Johnny's chasing Alan around with a huge gun, and uh, Tequila's come to save the day. Uh, but uh, Johnny's just throwing like stacks of C4 everywhere, like they're fucking Fourth of July candy, <laughs> just like everywhere. I'm like, where'd you get the C4? Where'd I get this baby? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but uh, and then uh, he sees Alan, or Alan sees him. Uh, but he's got the trigger, so Alan lets him walks off, and then Alan chases him down. Um, Tequila tries to stop him. He's like, don't. You'll never make it. And, but Alan runs off into the fire. It's random. Tequila shouts, bullshit! Um, the building blows, uh, but Tequila, uh, doing his best uh, John McClane impression, uh, grabs a wire, um, and he's going to run out the window, but his pants start on fire. I wonder how he's going to get those pants out. The fire. <laughs> I'm, I mean, you know, I wish I had a baby I was holding who drank a lot of water to piss on the fire. <laughs> the baby pisses out the fire on tequila's leg. Oh my god! This I mean, great. This is how I would do it if my pants were on fire. I mean, you know, life gives you lemon. Um, Oh, so good, Rob. I love <laughs> He looks down at the kid. He's like, I owe you one. Um, and then uh, all of a sudden the building starts blowing out, um, you know, blowing up, uh, you know. Oh, I forgot. Alan thinks that he's like, thanks to the little piss pot. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> um, you know, and then Takeush, uh jumps out the window. Everything explodes. Uh, but Adam's still up there. Um Oh, yeah, there's one part. Um, so there's a bunch of explosions. I, I missed this part. Um, but there's a bunch of parts in there uh, or explosions where he was running. Yeah. And that was real fire. Like, he literally started on fire for real in one of these scenes. Was, like, it, was it really Chow Yun Fat or was it a... No, it was, yeah, it was really Chow Yun Fat. Yeah. It was, no! Yeah. So um, he was angry. Was it really that baby, too? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, the, that was it was not the yeah, it was the scene where he's running with the baby. Um, yeah, and then John Wu explains it pretty funny in this interview I watched. And uh, yeah, and then he, you know, Chow Young fans obviously pretty upset, but then he's like, Well, did you get the take? He's like, We got it. So, um, yeah, not uh, quite the, the health and safety regulations uh, that you may experience in the United States. Um, you know, so that was funny. Uh, that's so a, that's a it's a lot of fucking explosions. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's just blowing up everywhere. It's um, crazy. You know, it's a good thing that they built this hot. You know, John will build this hospital so you blow it up. So, you know, and uh, but he was made to safety, uh, and then the parents were waiting there, and you know, of course, they're just gonna wait while there's this gunfire everywhere. But it was their baby, so that's good. Uh, but then Johnny drags down out Alan Rob. No, our boy Alan. Um, you know, a supervisor tells uh, you know everyone to drop their guns. You know, the classic: you drop your guns or I shoot them. You know, line. Never seen that before. You know, Johnny uh, Johnny Wong stands down the entire force. You know, no one's a crackpot to take a shot at him or nothing. But uh, except Kula, you know, he's a hard boiled cop, Rob. That yeah, I definitely is. I wonder if that's going to be relevant somewhere in a, a title of a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, and then Johnny's like, you know what, Tequila? Well, he doesn't say Tequila, he's like, your side lost some, my side lost some, but when I kill Alan, I win. That's all he cares about. He just wants to win. Um, and why, then, don't you, and, why, why don't you slap yourself, Tom? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do and do then, what I say. Yeah, and then uh, so yeah, Johnny wants Tequila to slap himself, um, and then say you're impotent. He's like, tell everyone you're impotent. <laughs> And then get on your knees. And then Alan's like, fuck you, you bastard. Does the old, um, grabs Johnny's gun, shoots himself through the stomach just to In shoot a, Johnny Wong. A, a, a non-vital a non place. Yes. Um, you know, uh, and then shoots himself. And then he gets free. Uh, and Tequila, I, I, this might be my favorite kill. Uh, probably because Johnny Wong was such an asshole. <laughs> but, it was a, but it was a great shot. You just see his eye explode from the bullet. It was dope. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, you know, Johnny Wong's eye explode. He's dead. Everyone rushes to help, and uh, end of the scene. That's... Oh. An hour later, we're out of the hospital, Rob. Well, I, I like how they shoot the eye where they flash back to the scene where he he was trying to get the uh, gun get out of that morgue, and he put a bullet into the wall, and he had to shoot yeah. the bullet. I like how they... It's like. Okay, if you're oh, wondering like, why I, I can shoot this guy in the eye, just yeah. go go back half an hour. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the last scene, we just see Tequila, Teresa, and Supervisor burning Alan's file. So I guess that's what they do when you're no longer a cop. And uh, they reminisce over Alan, uh, and he wants to go to Antarctica, uh, where there's light after all this dark, darkness. Um, but yeah, and in our last shot of the movie is Alan on his boat, and he's out. M making some uh, origami cranes. I wonder yeah. how many. <laughs> yeah, and then I, I had to chuckle um, on that one. Let's the music. I mean, after all this killing, it's that super eighty, you know, eighties, nineties, tacky, you know, synth music. It's the it's a noir. You got to do the noir, man. Yeah, fucking loved it. Rob, thank you so much for doing this. What uh, what kind of thoughts? Additional thoughts do you have on this? I yeah. Um, this is just like 
a very small portion of a whole genre of movies. And if this is your thing, like there are plenty of, of these kinds of films in Hong Kong and America, like akin it to, um, like I just watched a really bad one. It's called like action town USA with the, the same kind of over the top shit, but it never really got caught on here, but all that shit was awesome in Hong Kong and everybody loved it. Um, so like, I- yeah, I I really need to do some some deeper digging, so I will talk to you off air about some some other things. Um, that I, I, I say out. I say we do like a watch party or something, you know. Um, yeah, pick a movie. We can do it. Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, you want to do the killer? You want to sleep yeah. with John Woo and John, Yeah, let's okay. do it. Let's, let's do it. Do the whole thing. Okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it'll be my first time watching, it, and then you can kind of school me on it. That'd be my first time because I don't remember watching it. Oh sweet, okay. Yeah. Um let's see here. So 28 fun facts. Um about the movie from the commentary. Okay. Uh John Woo got the idea of the tequila popper from seeing it in Hong Kong. That's that's a thing. I mean, I used to do that shit all the time. I love tequila poppers. So <laughs> um obviously this movie was inspired by the Wild Butch by Sam Peckinpah. Um, but yeah, he was, I mean, you could definitely tell John Woo is definitely ex, ex, um, inspired by, you know, the old Westerns, you know, uh, the old Steve McQueen movies and everything. So you ever see Towering Inferno, but with Paul Newman and Steve McQueen? No, no, no. Great movie. It's like Die Hard before Die Hard without effects. It's awesome. It, <laughs> Die Hard before Die Hard. And I, I love fucking Paul Newman. Um, I'm supposed to be reviewing that movie with somebody, but they no sold me on it. That's not story itself. I'll tell you off air. Um, yeah, Wu interviewed real cops. Uh, obviously, which you can do, which you can tell because the sergeant was a real cop. Um, yeah, and like we talked about, so initially the focus of the movie was supposed to be Elm was supposed to be poisoning baby food. Fuck, that's crazy. I'm really glad they changed that because this, this worked out way better. Um, the bartender. Uh, oh yeah, so the bartender scenes were not actually in the original script. So and he okay. couldn't find anybody. Uh, so he just uh, he took in himself. Um, this is the part I love. Logic is very boring, says Wu, in regards to how he crafts characters and scenes. When I'm shooting, I do what I feel. I'm free and I'm open. He has. Yeah. Uh, um, he also has no I, love for film theory. Proper film limits. He uses what he wants. I mean, so what if your gun has three thousand rounds? Appreciate it. That's good. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not. I don't want to watch people scrounging around for ammo reloading every few minutes you know like i'm i'm don't feel like i'm gonna do this in my real life i just want to be entertained give me a story yeah you know uh anthony Wong's a big fan of al pacino and rob de niro that was pretty obvious he okay. was really really fucking good in this movie oh for sure he's he's generally always very good um i'll, I'll send you some recommendations of anthony Wong. he's one of my favorite actors generally. okay um, and I just love, I just love the, yeah. In the commentary, the guy who's doing the commentary is like, we're going to do a little drinking game. So every time, uh, Anthony Wong shows up with a different color jacket, you guys to be drunk by 20 minutes in. Yeah. So that's what he said. He's like, yeah, this, 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 uh, commentary is about to get pretty lucid here in a little while. So, um, but yeah, like we talked about in here, who prefers filming his movies in sequence, uh, not just from momentum. Also, he knows, uh, what, what, what comes next better. Uh, like with his three main action scenes, obviously start off in the tea house, uh, good action scene, but then the warehouse, a bigger action scene, and then you finalize with the hospital. So it built to that, you know, yeah. every action scene got bigger and bigger. So I really like, you know, we talked about it in the, 
in there. It was awesome, like how he shoots in order. Um, mm-hmm. It just makes sense to me. So, um, yeah, I guess the original film writer died uh, while they're making this movie, so they had to be oh, shit. So. Wow. Um, uh, oh yeah, and listen, uh, Roger Avery, who directed uh, Killing Zoe, one of my favorite movies, uh, mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino's first written movie. Uh, he was doing the commentary. He says. I'd uh they don't um I like John Woo's action scenes. They don't feel like they're storyboard or planned out. Um instructs in structure so advanced, it just creates as he goes. Um yeah, he says uh Hong Kong stuntman ain't nothing to f- fuck with. Uh <laughs> Mad Dog, uh Phil Kwok, yeah, he was awesome, like the main stunt corner, did a bunch of stuff. Uh he's had a bunch of movies with Anthony Wong, so uh, seems like a really cool dude. I bet you that I, hopefully that guy's got a book out. I'd read that in a fucking heartbeat. <laughs> um, yeah, he said, oh, actually, I didn't know if you knew this. So both Chow Young-Fat and Tony Loon actually hate guns and want nothing to do with martial arts. But they went full that's, in on the action scenes. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah. So like Chow Young-Fat's like a big, I don't want to say pacifist, but I mean, almost to that point. So, um, Wow. Yeah, he says Wu has no actual uh, interest in triads or anything. Uh, they're colorful characters, but that's about it. Um, oh, yeah, so uh, Johnny, or uh, they were wondering if Alan should cry after he shot Howl, but I'm glad he didn't. Um, that's boring. <laughs> Roger Avery says he called John Wood the other day and his voicemail picked up, but it's the music for Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, unless I really like this, uh, John Wood believes actors are um, not tools in the film, but actors are the soul of the movie, which is 100%. Yeah, definitely. Better tomorrow. Yeah, I guess 70% of this was shot in an empty abandoned Coca Cola warehouse. And after the so after they blew up the warehouse in the warehouse scene, they turned it into a hospital. So that's how the hospital has a gun room, Rob. Duh. Uh, that's I'm I'm an idiot. Yeah. So I mean, every hospital I go to, I check it. Was this a warehouse before? Um. <laughs> um. You know what's a good movie to watch? Uh, if I can interrupt. Um. Yeah. If you if you like Chow Yun Fat and Anthony Wong, they're both in another movie called Full Contact. It's uh 1992. It, it if you thought this was bananas, this is like banana split, dude. This is an insane film. Really? I'm yeah, it. yeah, dude. Check it out. Let me know if you want to do that. I would love to watch it again. Okay, like a classic. Um, basically, the, it ends Chalion Fat saying, "Why don't you masturbate in hell?" That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's and, awesome. And Anthony Wong plays like a a gay dude, a gay bad guy. <laughs> that's awesome it's so good um john Wu doesn't watch films with a critical lens he says uh you know you can get something from everything you know from movies to van gogh paintings to bugs bug bugs funny character so mm-hmm. basically people like with your wrestling don't take it too seriously just enjoy the ride yeah man pay the ticket buy the ride uh all the guns came from london um they did need some uh, Oh, he does have to pay some of the gangsters for protection, but doesn't usually hang out with Triad. Uh, Wu's very sensitive. 
Okay, yeah. The shot with Kilo running towards the camera with the baby in his arms and explosions at his back was shot twice, as Wu wasn't happy with the first take. The explosions were too far behind Chow. For the second take, he took control of the explosives button, Per Chang, set it off far closer than Chow was expecting. He was really <laughs> running for his life. Oh, fuck. Chow, what the fuck? Chow apparently was professional enough to ask how it looked after the shot was finished, but then he turns around and says, that motherfucker. Um... Yeah, and then uh, the typical, the script called for Alan to die in the end, but everyone's like, oh, he's like family. Um, you know, trying to be more positive, so Alan does live, so. And it could be opening up for a sequel, hopefully. Never know. <laughs> yeah, I, I listen, I really like to know, especially the kid that was blown up with Tequila's arm, so it'd be cool. I want, I want, I want that to be the next the next movie. I mean, are they old enough <laughs> to have PTSD? I mean, they were pretty um, young. Although the baby, listen, someone put on there, that baby looked pretty fucking big for being a preemie. True, true. Um, yeah, hardball hard tube, eggs Benedict. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, Rob. Before uh, before we pull this train to the station, um, you got any final thoughts or anything? I mean, thank you once again for doing this. This is awesome. I hadn't watched this movie in a while, and it was so much better than I remember. I'll be hundred percent honest with you. I was so glad I, that we did this. I, I think we have more of an appreciation as we're growing up to see something like over the top ridiculous, but still can be entertaining. So when we were kids, when we watched this, it was like, wow, this is fucking great. And then now I was like, yeah, this is fucking dope. You know, I, I can appreciate those types of movies. Yeah. And, uh, it, and it was deeper than, than you thought. Sorry for cutting you off. Sorry. No, no. Yeah. Sure, like, in, yeah. Initially I was going to do, um, you know, like a kill count for every scene, but I didn't want people to come off as this is just an action movie. You know, but the, I mean, but the action was fucking dope. Yeah. And yeah. this is no CGI. You know, I mean, Tequila had depth. Teresa had depth. Supervisor had depth. Alan, I mean, you know, just great. I loved it. It was, you know, it's a lot like, you know, and like when I uh, reviewed The Warriors. I mean, I love The Warriors, but watching it with more, once you grow up with a more discerning eye, you really fucking appreciate, Mm -hmm. you know, like The Warriors, same thing. That was all, you know, that was all guerrilla style. Yeah. You know, so same thing here. But obviously, John Woo's got a budget. You know, they were throwing money at this guy left and right, but. Yeah. So full contact, is that straight up Hong Kong still then or yeah, yeah, still. Still okay. It's it's it starts off with um this this really classic uh American song, but it's these two guys playing quarters, they're flipping quarters into their whiskey shots. <laughs> it's so classic. I'll just send you now, I'm gonna post it on your Facebook. I just okay. want you to just watch that scene. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to do some more of this stuff, and so maybe we can uh, get the wife into this too. So, um, yeah. So I mean, she obviously she enjoys her Asian films as we, you know, hung out with you for three days in the movie theater watching. Yeah, had a great fucking time too. That was that was really good. Definitely, thank you. Um, yeah. So, well, sweet. Uh, Rob, where can uh, where can the people find you on uh, the social medias? Uh, uh if you want to be called. Baby Seal Clubber at Instagram <laughs> does not exact. It's not what you think. Just think of the young baby seals who go to a party to have fun. Not, I don't know what else it could mean. <laughs> or Facebook.com slash Rob.Domingo, I guess. Yeah, and make sure you follow Rob on the Shining Wizards Discord. Obviously, uh, Will uh, and I shout out uh, the Shining Wizards quite often. You know, the yeah. Discord's a good place to be, so... 
Uh, I guess I should promote the festival. <laughs> yeah. Instagram is New York Asian Film Festival and Twitter's uh, NYAFF. And so is Facebook, NYAFF. Yeah. And listen, Faith and I were there last year and we had a fucking blast. Um, you know, I learned a lot of new stuff. Um, it was cool. We watched, let, you know, 12 movies and only one of them was in English and I loved all of them. <laughs> you know, so awesome. Well, Rob, we will. Um, this is just goodbye for now. We've got a, I think we got a bunch of shit we can do. So I'm excited about our, our future projects and everything. So yeah, man, let me, let me know. Sorry. It took so long, but uh, I'm down no, to whatever. No, that, that was on me. Yeah. Uh, just to break down the fourth wall. We were actually supposed to do this in November, but uh, your boy high five, Tom just sucks at life sometimes. So shit just got weird. Um, so I should have had this, you know, that's on me, Rob, not you. So no worries. No worries. But yeah, this is a great rewatch. Uh, everyone watch Hard Boiled. It's it's worth it. So watch it with a, you know, like when it was introduced to me, it was introduced to me as the most violent movie ever. So you kind of get that stuck in your head, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, but it's, it's so much more than that. So just watch the movie. You won't be disappointed. So, um, but Rob, thank you. Um, high fivers. You're always appreciated. And I'll talk to everybody later.